All right. It is Wednesday, and these dudes got a loaded show for y'all. We've got the Royal Rumble Raw Fallout. We've got AEW Beach Bash. Bye-bye, Lars Sullivan. We hardly knew ye. Ray and Dominic Mysterio, they say they've tested positive for COVID-19 recently. We've got a few Royal Rumble notes. Steve Austin comments on the state of pro wrestling in 2021. You're an evil asshole if you do not know who Bad Bunny is. All that and more. Smark and Boxman, we are your Dirt Sheet Dudes. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. What is going on, everybody? Hope everybody's doing well on this Wednesday night. It is the Dirt Sheet Dudes. I am Boxman. And, of course, right across from me, I've got the smarkiest of all the smarks to ever smark the smark. I, it's smark. It's smark. It's actually smark. What's up, smark? Indeed. Live and in the flesh. Here I am. How is everybody doing tonight? Oh, yeah. Man. Been a rough, long motherfucking day. Uh, <laughs> wife had surgery today. What a fucking God. Did they waste more of your fucking time than I've ever found? It's unbelievable how much of your time they waste, dude. It's ridiculous. But anyway, we're back home. She's good. I may need to take a break. Maybe one, maybe two tonight. Um, but I believe I got the wife situated. She's got, uh, she's got some food. She's got water. Think she's going to be, all right. think she's going to be all right. Um, but, uh, got my phone right here just in case she needs me. So, uh, smart. What's up, man? How you doing? You doing all right? Doing, 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 I'm doing, doing good. I feel like this is like the first week in a long time where there's been like nothing really big going on in the world, like outside of wrestling. <laughs> so it feels nice to actually be like, all right, well, we're not going to talk about this where it's like there's nothing that we have to shy away from. Everything is going according to plan, I would imagine. Uh, depends on whose plan it is, but it's going towards someone's plan. So I mean, it all depends on what your plan is for what. So who knows? But, um, uh, we are going to get into, like I said, the uh, Raw. We're going to go ahead and jump into that in a minute here. We'll get plugs knocked out in just a second. But um, if you do want to check out, we did do a live um, reaction to Royal Rumble. We did that Sunday night. We had the uh, the high marks out here with us. We had, um, uh, it was Mojo and uh, Cheese Man mostly. G-Wiz was uh, holding, it, holding it down in the chat. But um, definitely, definitely Take a listen to that. It was a great time. Had a lot of fun. We'll definitely be getting those guys back on for another pay-per-view because that was a really a lot of fun. We had a great active chat room, and uh, that was much appreciated. Appreciate that, guys. So, Yeah, it was, it was, I, it was very interesting because like, I very rarely have a hard time like keeping up with everything and i i was looking and I, every once in a while i would like kind of just lose track of the chat room and i'd look and i'd see like 80 new messages I'd be like holy shit man yeah man chat room was going off talking about all kinds of shit uh bad bunny was a great topic for the chat room when, it, when he popped up uh we will get into bad bunny later i promise you that um but i guess we can go ahead and knock out the plugs really quickly give me one sec here look for something to play Look for something to play. Anything but Marilyn Manson. Anything but Marilyn Manson. Um, <laughs> you, you don't say. <laughs> is, is there news on that front? Uh, Marilyn Manson's been accused by, I believe, nine women in the last three days um, of some sort of sexual assault. One of them even grooming uh, from a young age, which just gets creepier. Um I don't know. I mean, you know, you you, you got a guy who named himself after, you know, to, 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 after you know a model and a serial killer you're like oh he's a weird dude <laughs> yeah i yeah. expect more from somebody who you know walked around in music videos pretending to not have genitals yeah i mean b by the way that in no way means that these girls asked for it or are lying i don't know but there's about nine <laughs> accusations on him right now i believe nine today um another girl uh came out um a photographer, actually. So, anyway, we're not going to play any of that. But um, 
You know, real quick before I do get the plugs going, I, I wanted to mention this. I was going to play something, but I know I'm probably the older one of the bunch in most of these uh, chat rooms and probably most of the time, except I see, see, Bobby, <laughs> see Bobby in there, thank God. Um, this is really a bad segue after you talk about grooming. Like, all right, so I'm one of the oldest people here, and I would just like no, to say. Uh, today, in 1959, we hmm. lost, in a plane crash, the Big Bopper, Bobby Holly, and Richie Valens. Richie Valens? Yeah. yeah, Richie Valens, the, the uh, saying uh, La Bamba, kind of made it really popular in America. For uh, He was the one that did that. Big I Bopper. I saw that movie about him. It's pretty good. Uh, on Hulu right now. Yeah, right on. In my playlist to watch. Actually, it is in my playlist. and I'm, I'm I, That's uh, Lou, Lou, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Young Gun's still on there, too, with Lou Diamond Phillips. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to quickly mention that. Today we did lose all three of those, three music legends. Um, Buddy Holly was incredible. Listen to some of his music. It was a, a past its time um, and just great stuff. Uh, the Big Bopper, J.P. Richardson. Yeah, come on. Why do I like the guy? Uh, <laughs> there you but, go. Also, I believe 18 years to this day that Evolution was formed. Mm. So there you go. Look at that. It was the day the music died in a few ways. Um, <laughs> and yes, that, that, that song. Uh, oh, God, yeah. please thank you. For, thank, actually, yeah, exactly. Thank you for not making us listen to American Pie. I, it, it's such a long song, and the, the hook is where really far into it. I thought about it, but no. no. <laughs> I wasn't doing it. It's not necessarily terrible, but like you said, just a long it is, and w- but when he does say the day the music died, that song is about those three passing away in the plane crash. Anyway. Nah, I'm just uh, not looking to bring the show down. Um, yeah, now I got to change songs because I was about to play Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tone death segues here at DSD. I can't play on the dark side either. I was about to play that. Uh, you know what? Let's just go with Open Your Eyes by Guano Apes. Uh, hey. The two plugs here. That's uh, I shouldn't offend anyone with that. If I did, I apologize. Okay, Guano Apes, here we go. In your eyes while we're doing plugs here. I'm going to go ahead and one more time. The High Marks want to be checking those guys out. That is the Metal Mitt Network. You can check them out at Mixler.com. So that's Metal Mitt Network. Uh, definitely go over there and check those guys out. They're on Sundays. Uh, Smart will tell you the rest of the days they're on. Uh, there you go. Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. Subscribe to that channel. Once again, you will not be disappointed. Uh, you can find them all the usual podcast platforms and everything unscripted podcast. They can be found on all the usual podcast platforms also and on blog talk radio. And if you're going to be looking for me Saturday night, say, Hey, where's Boxman? I will be there with these guys. Um, not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to be debating, but it's a triple threat match. And I was challenged and you don't challenge me. So there we go. I will be on there. We'll let you all know how it goes. And Stephen Milan, still appreciate you sharing the show. As always, sir, find him over there reviewing films on letterboxd.com slash Stephen Milan. There's two L's in that last name, Milan. And again, over there reviewing films, close to 8,000 films reviewed. He is knocking them out all the time. I mean, everyone's still basically locked down anyway. So anyway, you can get us on Spreaker. Uh, the Stitcher problem is fixed. You guys can catch us on Stitcher one more time, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, Anchor, and anywhere else you get podcasts from Smart. Go. 
That is right. Monday is 8.30 in the middle. Five years network. Be sure to listen to Cheese on Sports with the Cheese Men, the Cheese Man, the Cheese Master. He's going to be talking about the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, and everything else in between. They got you covered. Also UFC, of course. And be sure to check out Thursdays on the Metal Met Podcast Network, the Moderic City Machine Guns with Mojo. We thank him for joining us Sunday. And Dirk, we thank him for joining us in the chat room tonight. And be sure to also check out our friends at the Planet Raconteur Podcast, the Planet Raconteur Podcast with Bobby F and Papa Davis here and Yuck Nasty. Check out all 16 episodes. Check out story excerpts. Season 2 is looming on the horizon, and you want to be prepared. You want to be ready. You want to be subscribed so that when new episodes arrive, they will be ready for your ear hole with no delay. There you go. And I like how you revved up the uh, the rolling R. That was nice. That was nice. I like that. I like that. That was good. That was good. I was not at all covering for the fact that I ran out of breath. No. No. <laughs> I I, I I was trying to help you there. You didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> full transparency. It's always important. Uh, full disclosure on this show, folks. Full disclosure. That's right. Okay. Um, I guess we're going to go ahead and get into it, folks. Once again, uh, there we go. I guess let's do this here. Let me slide this down here. Let me put this right here. I should probably get the chat room loaded up because I just noticed I do not have that done. So as we're starting with Raw here, and again, this is the Royal Rumble fallout from Raw. Um, not a bad show this week. No, no, not at all. I think it's been better than the last couple of weeks have been. I can agree with that, actually. I definitely, definitely agree with that. I think it's one of the better ones. Always that I think they try a little more after a pay-per-view, which uh, I guess I appreciate that. Um, but they seem to actually try a little more the the night after a pay-per-view. Um, yeah, especially like right now, you're coming into WrestleMania season, so theoretically, you would at least hope that you're going to be getting the best effort. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it started off a little... Be- <laughs> All right, but it, as the show progressed, I think it got a lot better. We start out with uh, Mike Room and his uh, very obnoxious hipster hair. Um, <laughs> bringing out Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Not wrong, not wrong. Well, the obnoxious wasn't in my notes. I just felt like I'd add it uh, because it really is. Uh, he brings out Drew. Drew puts over all the talent that performed at the Royal Rumble, and I mean all the talent. Edge comes out. Drew starts thanking him for being a mentor, and Edge is like, great, but uh, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You should be pissed. You should be worrying about me, not praising me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I get what Edge was saying. I'm the ultimate opportunist. You know, you might want to watch your back. I could strike, you know. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking about it, and it's like I'm I'm glad that they kind of brought this up because this has always been something that I've sort of complained about about when it comes to Drew's character, the character that they have him portray, is that he's just such a happy-go-lucky kind of guy that he's just so – you know, thrilled and pleased as punch that he got to participate in this grandiose event Sunday and that everybody just tried their best and did a really good job to entertain the people and put smiles on faces. That's all that matters. And it's just like, I can't picture back in the day, somebody like the rock or somebody like stone Cold like cutting a promo the next night after a Royal rumble, talking about how great of a job everybody else did. 
like I, I understand that he's you know Drew's a baby face, but just a little bit too humble, a little bit too modest. It doesn't really work for somebody like him, where he's like this badass. You know, he looks like a genuine badass. He wrestles like a badass. You know, whatever. Just having him be this very humble, very modest, almost like meek kind of a person. It just I don't think it works for him, and I'm glad that. They're starting to point that out on TV that doesn't necessarily fix that, but, you know, it's sort of a step in the right direction. Yeah, and, you know, I thought about this the next day. For some reason, this popped in my head, and I was like, you know, I'm wondering if they brought him out there to be this, like, uber gaga babyface just to make Seamus's little turn um, mean a little more. Maybe, maybe not. Possibly, but like we, we always talk about is like almost every promo he cuts, he always does that, you know, I, I was at the bottom and then I came back up and I right. thank everybody for being there and supporting me. And like, yeah, I, I do think that they're maybe playing, trying to play him up as being, that's a good point, being a little bit more humble and modest so that, you know, when his friend takes advantage of him in the way that Seamus did, as you pointed out, giving him the old brogue kick that uh it, it adds extra impact to it so that's a good point i, I can kind of see where you're coming from with that and again I don't, I don't know if that's what they were thinking i'm kind of giving wwe a little bit of credit <laughs> for uh giving us a little foreshadowing there so maybe maybe not but uh that that might be um a little bit of what they were thinking anyway we uh obviously we're going to get into that in just a minute uh sheamus does come out talks a little bit of shit to edge drew kind of challenges edge a little and Edge says, well, I'm going to choose who I'm going to take on when I'm ready. I won the Rumble. Fuck you. I'll do this at my own time. And then Drew turns around. Sheamus broke, kicks him. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, really? Wow. The mega powers have exploded. Uh, who gives a fucking shit? Honestly, man. It's like, why bother? <laughs> right. Right. We knew, uh, we knew that everyone knew this was coming. This was not something they tried to like. Ooh, let's. No one's gonna know it's coming. We all knew it was coming. Keith Lee's been telling us it's coming for fucking weeks. Yeah, conspicuous by his absence, I suppose. Oh, but well, yeah. I mean, there's there's speculation that you can be made. You can kind of connect dots to lines, I suppose, if you really want to. But. <clears throat> yeah, it, it was interesting, and like that's kind of the funny thing is. Just their whole that dynamic, the way that they've been being portrayed is like they, they, they're they portrayed as people that like fight each other all the time anyway. And it's like it's always been a tumultuous kind of relationship between them. Yeah. I mean, they were brawling backstage and then they were like, let's go get a pint. Is that going to be how this feud ends with them hugging and going to get a pint? Dude, yeah, that's kind of the funny thing is because you had Drew a little bit later talking about how it just it felt different this time. But it's like okay how like it just kind of i mean i guess they'll get there after a while but it's just like yeah this just seems like normal yeah it's what we've been watching and been warned about and i don't know i i I, like you i see nothing different about any of this but um yeah whatever let's just move here um riddle versus lashley was after that um with lashley of course with mvp for the u.s championship Lashley just basically ragdolled Riddle throughout this match and after the match um, to where MVP was trying to tell him to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> that Pulled bad. the old Simpsons. Stop! He's already dead. 
he pretty much was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it was not a very well-balanced match. It was like just Bobby Lashley just kind of beat the shit out of him for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Just beat the shit out of him. That, And then he uh, takes Riddle, puts him in one last, like he put him in three or four hurt locks, puts him in one last one, and then just throws him over the fucking barricade, you know, into the screens. Um, I do like that they waited a whole commercial and a segment to get back to Riddle. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, now, right after this happens, they come back and Bad Bunny is pulling up in his uh, in a Bugatti. Nice car. Nice car. Mm-hmm. Nice car. Um, and I guess let's just tie a couple of things into this. I guess you're a really awful person if you don't know who Bad Bunny is. Yeah, you no good cocksuckers. Um, I you've got an American superiority complex, according to Jake Atlas. Um, I, I a lot of people didn't like his performance, and I believe that's people's opinion, which they're they used to be allowed to have those. Um, I'm not quite sure anymore. But uh, Jake Atlas says the treatment Bad Bunny is getting is a prime example of American superiority complex because he's not from here or doesn't sing in English. There is no way he can be an international superstar and more mainstream than your favorite artist will ever be. But he is. Um, uh, mm, All right, you're allowed to hate a person's... Can you just dislike the music? (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing, in my opinion. It's like, yeah, I'm sure there are some people that are just being like, you know, fucking racist pieces of shit. There's always those people out there. But I will also say, kind of devil's advocate here, anytime they have a musical performance, by and large, it gets shit on by fans. Mm -hmm. Because it's music. They're not there for music. They're there for wrestling. So anytime you have pretty much anybody, unless it's like, you know, the beginning of the show where they do like America the Beautiful or whatever at WrestleMania every so often or whatever the fuck, you know, National Anthem, something like that, whatever, you know, it, that's a different that's a different story. But usually anytime there's like a musical performance or usually even anytime there's celebrities, give or take a couple, it usually gets shit on. That's just the way that wrestling fans are. It just it is what it is. They want their wrestling. They don't want distractions. We didn't necessarily shit on it, but we kind of just joked around while it was going on. I, I couldn't even really tell you anything that happened with the performance other than just Booker T standing there because we were kind of just like joking around the entire time. Right. And yeah. it wasn't anything like about him, you know, not speaking English or whatever the fuck, because obviously he does. And that's not, you know, what we're about. But like. It just, you know, people have fun with this kind of thing. People make jokes, you know, people make digs, whatever. And like we said, wrestling fans, they usually shit on things that aren't wrestling on their wrestling show. Yeah, that's kind of just the way it goes. Um, You're right, though. We did. I mean, we were making fun of it. It was, I mean, I, yeah, I don't care if I understand what he's saying. I, that's not my kind of music, plain and simple. Sorry. I I apologize. I got nothing against him. Matter of fact, I actually, think he's doing well in his little role i he's not phoning it in he looks like he wants to be there looks like he's having a good time and doing it well mm-hmm. but not my kind of music um i'm sorry I, I apologize for that but simply not my kind of music um even ryan satin 
made a video that was uh, posted by WWE on Fox. I didn't know Ryan Satin was joining that uh, that cult over there. But um, go ahead and get this loaded up, and we can play this real quick. It's only 58 seconds long, so it's not like we're, uh, we're going to be sitting here taking up a lot of your time. But I uh, just want to tie this all in so we can knock out a couple of things right as we're getting into stuff here and uh, waiting for this to load up for a second here. I think I hit it, and uh, it's uh, just taking a minute here. Hopefully it'll load up in a second here. There it goes. Oh, Normally right. I use these videos to talk about my favorite part of WWE shows, but for this one, I felt the need to address some of the wrestling fans complaining about Bad Bunny on WWE programming. First off, if you're one of the people responding to posts about him on Twitter by saying, who? All you're doing is outing yourself as someone who isn't in touch with pop culture. The guy is a massive crossover star who has 8.3 billion streams on Spotify, over a billion views on YouTube, and 29 million followers on Instagram alone. He's also the first artist to reach number one on the Billboard 100 with an album completely in Spanish. That's a huge audience WWE can make new fans out of. Plus, Bad Bunny is a massive wrestling fan himself. We should be celebrating seeing one of our own getting a chance to live out their dreams on WWE TV, not rooting against the guy for internet likes. Come on, people. All right, so I'm not going to disagree with everything he said there. Some of it's some of it's true. Um, celebrating one of our own being in the—I don't know about that. That's a little—that's a little far. Uh, and, and 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 the the name of his show is Satin Says. Well, yeah, honestly, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, okay, <sighs> yeah, they decided to put him on because he's just a random wrestling fan. Like next week, they're going to bring in the guy who made the surprise face when the Undertaker lost at WrestleMania. <laughs> they're they're just giving random fans a shot. Get out of here! Uh, yes, that's the thing. Is like okay, he definitely this is without a doubt a big deal for them. Mm -hmm. Like they play uh, that they they posted a clip on the Instagram of uh, that splash that he did at the Royal Rumble. The WWE did, and it had eleven. Like as of today, it had eleven and a half million people watched it. Right. versus right. the 1.8 million that watched Raw, <laughs> just yeah. as an example for numbers. And uh, I was seeing a thing that said that this was from the second that the song Booker T, it, would, it went up 52 spots following the Royal Rumble, like on the Spotify, global Spotify chart. Wow, nice. So it's like, you know, there are definitely eyes on him and he's getting eyes on the product, I guess, in a way. Like, yeah, he's a big deal. He's relevant in pop culture and all of this. I don't think that, like, it's kind of, in my opinion, lame to be like, well, if you don't like him, if you don't know who he is and you're lame, like, you should, everybody likes it, so you should like it too. Like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah. Like, popular does not synonymously equal good. Like, I listened to, I actually listened to the song today because I wanted to be fair, because I hadn't listened to it prior. It's got a good beat to it. Like, I obviously, I am just at the very beginning level of, like, being able to understand and comprehend and speak Spanish, so... A lot of it I didn't understand, obviously, but it was always all right. I like, you know, it was, it was pretty good, I think. But, right. Uh, right. you know, it is what it is there. But, yeah, I just don't like, you know, like, if you don't like something, you don't like something. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you're not like the fucking devil because you're like, well, this this isn't for me. It's like, well, how dare you? 
Yeah, you don't have to go to the extreme of, you know, oh, my God, it just shows your privilege and this and that. And, it, 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 and the other thing I did want to get into is kind of the other thing he said. If you're replying who, you're just outing yourself for not being in touch with pop culture. Well, not everyone is in touch with pop culture. It, I'm sorry. We're not all young kids that are hip with culture. Not everyone mm-hmm. is. Sorry. But it's the way it goes. Um and even those people do use Twitter, and yeah, they're going to reply, who? Some people just don't know who he is. That's not, it's just the way it is. And it, it's kind of, it's a whole other discussion is like, it's kind of different nowadays in terms of being able to follow up with and kind of keep in track, keep in touch with all of the kind of pop culture things because. Like it isn't how it used to be. Like I feel like having like a number one song or number one album on the charts isn't really the same anymore. Like it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. Nowadays, it's like kind of hard to figure out what the metric is. It's like, okay, is it followers? Is it you know how many people watch you on YouTube? How many followers you get? But how many followers you get on what? Like, what's the relevant metric? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it Twitter? Like, there's all these different platforms and avenues where you know they're putting out the content and they're getting this exposure and they're getting the eyes on them but it's like what is the important like you know what site is the most important what metric is the most important for determining like cultural relevance these days it's it's a very kind of hard thing to measure yeah i mean all that stuff he mentioned about instagram and this and that some people are looking at that and going uh, literally some people are just going to the same as they reply on twitter and go so yeah that doesn't mean everything to everybody. I know that's all Ryan Satin's all about is, you know, tweets and likes and, you know, whatever. But ah, not everybody is all about that shit, man. So, yeah. all right. That's, I guess that's our little Bad Bunny rant right there. I just wanted to, again, tie all that in so we can just go to knock out some stuff as we're going here. But uh, we got that knocked out. And um, so after... Bad Bunny shows up in his Bugatti, and we're we'll we'll, we'll have a little more of Bad Bunny in just a minute or two here. Um, Riddle, they show finally waking up, and he's like, "What happened?" It looked like he just like passed out from a bong hit. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I've seen someone do that. I've never done it, but I've seen someone do it. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what it looked like. What happened? But I do like that they at least went back and. You know, usually they would just roll past that, and we would just, you know, be like, "Hey, what, what, what happened to Riddle?" So they showed us what happened to Riddle. He, uh, he finally got up. He ended up back, and uh, you know, getting up and strolling back. So let's see what happens with that. I don't know. Good stuff. I, I really kind of want this feud to end and Riddle to move on, but I don't know. I don't know if you're you're at that point too, but I am. Yeah, I mean, more or less. I mean, they they dangled that carrot in front of our face because they gave us a potential our truth pairing, and I think I would rather see that and then move on to that than them staying where they are currently. So yeah, I'm kind of on board with you. Yeah, either him or I mean, yeah, that'd be great. I would like to see that. Sure, yeah. and I mean, they need tag teams, so it's not like you know. Absolutely, they do. So well, so, I don't know, but it was uh, wasn't horrible. But uh, there you go. We got uh, we got Riddle, like I said, strolling, not really strolling, but being carried backstage. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine, man. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we get Orton cuts a promo on Edge. Another good promo by Orton. I, 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 I like when Orton gets pissed and screamy and yelly. Um, 
<laughs> I saw this and I said they must be giving him something good for WrestleMania. I think he had a coffee. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. I, I always feel like like he just his promos are always just dependent on how he feels about his feud, whether or not he's having a good time. It seems like whatever it is that they're going to give him for Maniac, maybe they would just continue on this Wyatt feud or whatever, but he seemed like he was down for it. He seemed jazzed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely did. So, I don't know, man. Be uh, I, I could just see Randy Orton back uh, back in catering. <gasps> the Viper needs a cappuccino. <laughs> Bumming cigarettes off people. There's Starbucks around here. Mm. Never been. Never been. Never, never, never. Um, anyway, so that does set up a match for uh, Edge and Orton, which definitely we're going to get into that in just a little while here. Um, Xavier comes on down with uh, Kofi, and it's um, Xavier versus Mustafa Ali, and he's got all of Retribution down there. Xavier does end up getting this win, um, and uh, pretty much basically uh, Ali and Retribution scream and whine about it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And apparently, in Xavier made a note of mentioning that they're two and two now, mm. which I guess that means we're going to keep this rolling along. It's interesting because they were saying that Kofi is like cleared to go now, but he was not cleared Sunday night or the you know for the Rumble. So that's kind of interesting. Like what a difference twenty four hours makes. But hey, well, whatever. Well, I mean that was Sunday. This is Monday. That's right. I mean, come on, Smart. I mean, I usually, usually I tend to feel worse on Mondays. I mean, because you of what I've done on Sundays. Well, I mean, I tend to feel worse because it's from what I've done Saturday and Sunday. But I get it, I get it, and Friday usually I'm just dying from the three. But like I said, man, all pretty much sober tonight. <laughs> I do have a uh, a little sparkling CBD drink I'm drinking here. Center thirty milligram CBD. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Not good. There used to be this little, like, bodega around of where I work or where I used to work. And it was just, like, right next door. So I was on a sidewalk. I literally didn't even have to cross the street. So I'd just walk in there and get some drinks sometimes. Mm. They had this relaxation drink that they were selling. Uh-huh. And I was skeptical, but I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? I'll just try it to see what it tastes like, whatever. And it worked. Like, it made me feel a lot more calm and relaxed and just tranquil. And then when I would get done with work, I'd go home and I'd just, like, it would make me go right to sleep. But the problem Mm -hmm. was that I had the most horrific nightmares each and every time. And I tried it, like, three or four times just to make sure it wasn't a coincidence. But, like, they were very vivid and, like, very detailed. And it was just fucking terrible. By any chance, was it purple and called Slow Your Roll? Yes. Yes, Uh it was. Huh? You know, I hate to tell you why I knew that, but I had the exact same problem with that drink, and I had to stop buying it myself. Um, interesting, Smark. Uh, yeah. See? Um, I don't know if that's a side effect to that shit, but yeah, I had the same problem. Um, even like if I just drank it right, like even if I drank like alcohol and drank it right before I went to bed, I would still be like waking up every couple hours with not good dreams yeah i had to that that that's how i knew exactly what you were talking about <laughs> that's fucking weird man that's pretty damn weird right there uh no nah, you muted real quick 
Okay. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I didn't do it on purpose, but yeah, apparently that's so like fucking Freddy Krueger's making this drink. Apparently, I don't know, but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's interesting that we both have the same kind of side effects off of that same drink. But yeah, I drank it like three, four times, and I, after a while, I was like, "All right, well, I'm, you know," and no, no, didn't do it anymore. Didn't do it anymore, and don't really have bad dreams. Which THC is supposed to be a inhibitor. Of dreaming, and it still made me have dreams. So that's when you know shit's a little fucked up. So uh, anyway, um, like I said, retribution screamed and whined like little babies, and we'll get you next time. <laughs> anyway, we get Miz and Morrison out there, and they're out there talking about the Royal Rumble, and they bring out Bad Bunny. Um, we get a little video of the Bad Bunny performance from Royal Rumble. Miz and Morrison go on once again to try to be mentors if uh, Mr. Bunny, as they're calling him, will record their album. Mm-hmm. Bunny's not interested. Can I call him yes. Bunny? Is, is it a, or do I call him Bad? Or do I call him just have to call him Bad Bunny? Hmm, it's a very interesting question. Mr. BB? Uh, Had him nurse BB for a while. Maybe I'll just call him Bunny. Um, well, Miz starts losing his shit. Uh, but Bunny says he's just there to introduce a friend, and his friend is Damien Priest. Um, yes. Pre- Which makes no sense, because they bring him out as a, as though it were a surprise, which it totally would have been, and it would have been a very good surprise, had you not shown them together in the backstage area directly before the segment. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we all knew what was coming when he said a friend you're like oh my god he's bringing out damian priest which i'm very happy to see damian priest on raw uh, he yes. it would have made no sense for him to be near smackdown honestly that character yeah. yeah that character is not smackdown yeah i uh, i can see that i mean outside of like unless you're going to give him like the feud with reigns and that that's a lot right off the bat. That's really the only person I can really see him interacting with that would have, you know, be an interesting feud for him unless they wanted to do the, you know, Corbin from the future versus Corbin from the past. <laughs> and other than that, yeah, it was, it was interesting, though, that they brought him out and, like, it, regardless of however you feel about the whole Bad Bunny thing, and I mean you as just like everybody, kind of a royal you, the listener, yourself, uh, uh, how I feel. Uh, you know, regardless of how anybody feels about that, like we talked about, he is culturally relevant. And this was like for somebody that they're bringing up off of NXT, this is a big deal for him. Like having him out there, this is a very important sort of thing for him because you're going to have people talking. You're going to have a lot of eyes on him. It was a very interesting, very good way of debuting him, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, pretty good. It, it was very nice. and But, I mean, Priest just goes out there and lays a fucking hit down on Miz. Mm-hmm. And then we pretty much go, I think we go to commercial and we come back and it's Damien Priest versus Miz, right? That's right. Yeah, there we go with Bad Bunny sitting ringside. Um, now, one of the best moves I saw in that match is when Miz goes to kick Priest with the uh, with the Miz kicks, I believe he calls them. And Priest just punches him in the knee. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. That was nice. That was nice. That was brutal. I like that shit. Um, and now when I was saying Bad Bunny is actually 
getting into and not phoning it in and looking like he's having a good time. Miz goes for the briefcase and Bad Bunny takes it. And he's like dancing in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's doing his, doing his little jig over there. Yep. He had a nice little dance routine all planned out. And like even, even the little promo that they had him cut or like his participation in the uh, Miz TV segment. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I, was, I saw you, you know, post that on the wrestling umbrella page. That you thought he was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, there's definitely times where we've seen it enough, especially during that fucking god-awful guest host era, where you could just tell that it's like they're there because their publicist arranged this and they don't really want to be there, but they got to show their shit, so let's get this over with. Like, you can tell some of the people that are treating it like they're there for fucking jury duty. He, on the other hand, like, he definitely, you know, like you said, say what you will about him. But he definitely seems like a wrestling fan, and he definitely seems like he wants to do good. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like he might want to stick around. Right now they're talking about having him stick around till Mania. Um, I wouldn't doubt if he stuck around a little bit after, but um, at least till Mania, which I'm, I'm fine with it. Listen, when Morrison tried to get the briefcase back, he hits him in the mic with the, or hits him in the face with the, uh, with the pink mic, but... Dude, sounded good. He made sure it was on. He hit him. I mean, fucking. And Ms. Or Morrison sold the shit out of it. So it was good shit, man. I liked it. And like, I, I just, I don't think the guy's, you know, just there to get publicity for him. I mean, you know, he, he, he's not going to announce Summerfest. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not going to be getting another Piven incident, uh, and you know, like we were talking about, I mean, it's good for both people. He he wants to do it, so it's good for him that he gets to do it. And like I said, he's relevant, so it's good for them. They actually have somebody who is popular right now. Usually, they're always about two or three years, if not more, behind the sort of cultural lexicon of things. So you know, good for them for actually jumping on a trend as it's happening. Yeah. And then with you know WrestleMania being two nights and being the way that it is right now there's you know you have the opportunity to do like pre-recorded shit to do extra takes to sort of if you decide you want to do a match or something like that with him where you can edit it to make it look good if you need to you know yeah yeah and sasha uh, super sasha baron corbin is correct um bad bunny wasn't that the commercial with snoop dogg for the corona beer you're right <laughs> not the coronavirus the corona beer um <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're right. You, yeah, not a problem. I mean, I, like I said, I I knew who he was because he's done some stuff with wrestlers, but I just never really heard any of his songs. So anyway, we get Priest winning that match. Glad he won his debut match. That's a good shit right there. And I guess he'll be going against uh, Miz and Morrison for the foreseeable future, it looks like. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, any more on that, Smart? No, I think it's about covers it. All right, then now we get to uh, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric with MVP on commentary versus Lucha House Party. Pretty much these matches now are just to... I'm I'm not going to sit here and go through the match. Uh, Obviously, uh, Cedric got the win, tagged himself in. But pretty much these matches now are just to further the tension between Shelton Benjamin and Cedric and MVP being the babysitter, I guess. Yeah, more or less. Like the Lucha House Party were kind of props in this match. <laughs> they did kind of make a note to mention that they were competing in the Dusty Classic. So it's like, it's kind of, that's where their role is in the whole grand scheme of things. You know, on this, this match, they were just kind of there to be a set piece for the ongoing dissension between Cedric and uh, 
Sheldon. So, and I really, I they were a lot more subtle this week than they normally are. They weren't quite at each other's throats the way that they have been the last couple of weeks. Right. I really hope that they just like. I wouldn't mind if they just dropped this. Like nobody is clamoring for the hurt business to break up. That's like one of the things that I saw. Kind of regardless of who put together like the best their best of the year list, they they were always a consistent part of that. Like regardless of whoever's list it was, I think it pretty much everybody looks at them as being sort of a high note on the show. Then sometimes there's not a lot of high notes and we need as many of those as possible. So just fucking just leave them. Like if they get stale, they get stale. Then you do it. You know, like what do you, what do you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You really don't, uh, you really don't have anything to lose at all right there. So I don't know. I kind of wish you're right. They should just drop it. They should just be like, you know what? We're a fucking team. Let's, let's fucking squash this shit. Mm -hmm. That'd be better. So I don't know. We'll see what what they're going to do with all that. But uh, after that, we get Charlotte and Asuka versus Mandy and Dana Brooke versus Lana and Naomi. Listen, the match was going fine. And, of course, Ric Flair comes down with Lacey. And old cockblocking Charlotte comes down and tags herself out. And Asuka's looking at her like, why are you worried about this shit? He's a fucking adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You stop cock blocking your father. I know. <laughs> and then, then Naomi and Lana do get the win and uh, end up pinning Oscar. <laughs> but a mm-hmm. um, couple of things out of that match. Naomi and Lana, they're not a bad team, actually. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going to hold off judgment for a little while on that one. I think Naomi could be good for Lana. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think. Somehow it might work out good for Naomi. Hopefully it will. Um, but uh, they were they they were out there doing shit together and being a team. And good good shit right there. But um, yeah, and Charlotte's just cock blocking, and it's just fucked up at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's ugh, that whole thing. It's like they have the clear defined who's supposed to be the face and who's supposed to be the heel, but I feel like it's like should be reversed. Yeah, that would probably work, but I, 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 I don't know at this point, man. I, again, I just think this is all pretty stupid, but uh, anyway, old Charlotte's just cock blocking and uh, Lacey just keeps causing them to lose, which I'm sure is eventually going to be the bone of contention that makes them split up and or start splitting up and losing the titles, and then Charlotte's going to go after the the championship. Eh, eh. They actually did already lose the titles. Oh, you're right. They did the other night. I'm sorry. You're right. On Royal yeah. Rumble. Duh. Um, so there you go. And it, I think we all see where this is going, um, don't we? Yeah, I think the the best part of it was just the promo before the match, where it seemed like Oscar was just like trying to say that Charlotte fucked it up without saying that Charlotte fucked it up. <laughs> she was like, "Well, yeah, I was ready. Um, I was focused. I was paying attention to what was going on. You had you had your problems, didn't you, Charlotte?" <laughs> yeah, and she's right. She's right. That's kind of the way it went. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that whole that's another storyline that I'm just not not even caring about. Um, yeah. Really. Not on Raw. Doesn't satisfy me at all. So after that, we get Drew backstage and doing an interview about about Sheamus. And uh, it, 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 you would think Drew just lost his dog here. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was sad. It was awful. Drew's just... Uh, uh. He was on the verge of tears. It was just, you know, when we had Christmas dinner in a diner because we were the only people that, that believed in Christmas or whatever the fuck he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was just us because we didn't have anywhere else to go and nobody yeah. else wanted to be a part of us. And you were there and we were there and we were there together and we've been up and down these roads and I just can't believe that you would care about the thing that you're supposed to care about more than anything else that we always <laughs> talk about is the most important thing in wrestling. I just can't believe that you'd be willing to throw away our friends what about us, Drew? What about or what about us, Seamus? What about us? Oh shit! Uh, I think you summed that up pretty motherfucking good right there. Um, mm-hmm. I've got nothing to add. <laughs> Not one word. There you go. There you go. That was perfection. That was perfection. I cannot add one more word to that. So, all right, let's just go ahead and move on because that was perfect. Uh, Riker and Elias come down. And it's going to be them versus Jeff Hardy and Carlito. God damn, it's good to hear Carlito's music again on Raw. Mm-hmm. I also like how Carlito basically like just played the system. <clears throat> like spent enough time there to know how Vince feels about people. Where it's like if they pitch the idea of like, hey, you want to come back for a legend show? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then at the very last moment, he was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not doing enough in this show. <laughs> and, and and instead of Vince being like, well, fuck you. Vince is like, all right, you want to be in the Rumble, pal? Damn it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, exactly. But I'll only be in the Rumble if I can get, you know, a match on Raw. He's like, you got it, pal. We're going to push this fucker to the moon. He doesn't there, need us. We want him now. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you don't need him, they uh, they come crawling. So, and you know what? It, it, it Carlito, obviously, uh, you know, if you've listened to us on the Rumble, we talked about how he looked great out there in the ring. Looked great either way. But, uh, and, um, hey, look what it's got him so far. The little, um, uh, this, uh, I mean, he got a great clamoring for his, uh, you know, re-debut back in Raw. And go ahead, Smart. You got that up or you want me to go ahead? Oh, no. Uh... I got it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it took me a second. I actually got lost there for a second. If you got it, you can go ahead. Um, but, yeah, you even got a little video package. It made me laugh because they had him on the bump, and I actually saw a little bit of it. They they brought him out, and they asked him how he felt being able to, you know, make his return after so many years. I think it was – I think he had said it was like 10 years. Yeah. So they asked him how he felt about that, and it made me laugh because they were, they were like – leaning him on to this sort of answer of like oh it was amazing oh it was great oh you know this that and the third he's like he paused for a minute he's like you know it was kind of weird (laughs) and they just made a face like well that wasn't the answer we were hoping for (laughs) but uh yeah so anyways i actually brought it back up here so carlito here um this is from Wrestling Inc. And it's saying Carlito is on a three-week trial run with the WWE, which started with the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, Wrestling Inc. has learned. The former Intercontinental Champion returned at the Rumble this past Sunday, which was his first in-ring appearance since 2010. According to sources close to the situation, MVP had been pushing for WWE to give Carlito a look. See, there a wrestler, producer, Triple H, eventually gave his approval for the trial run, the belief is that Carlito will end up signing with the company. PWI Insider noted that there has been a lot of internal praise for his work and the shape he is in since returning. Yeah. So MVP, 
trying to get some talent in there, trying to get some talent back in there that um, definitely, listen, I believe even Carlito has admitted some of the reasons he got let go back then, and I believe he refused to go to rehab. I think that's what the story is. I, I I know someone will correct me in the chat room, but I believe they he failed a drug test and he refused to go to rehab. I think that's how it worked. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe that is um, possible. I mean, we saw a lot of like kind of signs that he wasn't long for the world of WWE for a while there, right? Because he had, you know, he he had, and he still has, in my opinion. Like a lot of charisma. He's a good wrestler, but he's got a lot of charisma and he, he does a really good job of getting over. But then there was a, definitely a period where, like, his last maybe year or even year or so in the company where it just looked like he just quite clearly did not give a fuck. <laughs> like, he just stopped. And, like, I don't know if that's because he just knew that the glass ceiling, he just wasn't going to break it. They weren't going to give him a fair shot or whatever. Mm. I think some of it had to do with the fact that, because he talked about not being a quote body guy mm-hmm. and i think you know like he, he he like he always looked all right but like he was just was never like ripped jacked the way that you know like triple h was and that for a while there you know this was before the whole cm punk daniel bryan type situation where it, it stopped mattering so much when he was there you know have being a fucking super ripped muscle man was still very much important right absolutely you're right so but uh listen i think it's great he's getting an, another tryout um I was happy when he was announced for Legends Night, and then he wasn't there. So glad to see him back. Glad he's getting a tryout. I hope he does get signed, and I hope we see a lot more of Carlito in the future. So, mm-hmm. um, But this match here, uh, Jeff Hardy's sleeves reminded me of, uh, let me see if you remember this one, Fruit Stripe Gum. Mm. Yeah, yeah, with the zebra. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? That's what it reminded me of. That's what it reminded me of. Um, and uh, Hardy and Carlito did get the win in this match. So, uh, like I said, I think we uh, pretty much covered everything. The match was was fine. It was what it was. I don't think we... with that. Because <clears throat> we got this Alexa Bliss thing to talk about next, Mark. No, boy. Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross. Uh, I think that, uh, Nikki Cross, new music? Yeah, I think so. I, I hadn't heard it before. I didn't hear the scream. So, all right, there we go. So this whole saga is continuing. Um, we get Alexa playing around most of the match. Uh, at one point, Nikki gets, gets Alexa back into the corner. And Nikki turns around to run at her. And Alexa's, you know, we hear the music, the old Alexa Bliss music. And she's in her old gear. Hair mm-hmm. and all. Just smiling at Nikki. Then she goes and tries to hug her. And Nikki ain't falling for that shit. Nope. Then she gets back in the corner, and she ends up changing back into her, what, playground clothes, I guess we can call those now? Play, I don't know. Um, I guess that's what we'll call them. And then she ended up doing a kind of modified Sister Abigail for the win. Right. Yeah, it was a little bit more of like kind of a DDT type of move. Yeah, kind of put the Cradled her head. Yeah, put the arm around the head instead of in front of it there. It was uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see her put her little own little spin on it. Um I'm, I like what they're doing, but I don't want them to overdo it. And they're getting close to overdoing this, uh, you know, changing clothes and all this shit. So I don't know. What do you think there? Think they're going to think they're getting towards overdoing it or you think they should just keep going with it? Yeah, 
I think I could see being a little bit overkill. Like if they do it every week, then it just stops being special. So unless you're constantly changing and evolving it, you're having a different stuff, or you're having, you know, when she goes back to being the original Alexa Bliss or whatever, you kind of you have her do a little bit more in that role other than just her being, all right, I changed my clothes. You know, something, if you ever have her do a little bit more in that role, that might make things a little bit better, make it a little bit fresher, keep it interesting, what have you. But doing it every week, like, yeah, you're eventually going to make it stale. So, I don't know, you gotta gotta figure out a way to keep it fresh. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm, 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 we'll see what what they're gonna do with it, but I'm enjoying it right now. I just don't want to give it overkill to where I'm like, all right, she's gonna change clothes. Sure. Who cares? It's over now. So anyway, as Alexa is leaving, Orton is coming out and uh, they give a little Alexa stares at Orton. Orton just stares down at the ring. That's right. Just stares down at the ring. Um, and that brings up the Edge versus Orton match, um, which they announce is going to be the last time ever. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I didn't believe him either, but I just thought it was interesting that they like barely even advertised it. And then they're just like, all right, this could be the final time, so soak it in. <laughs> you better get in here. Um, now, I'm gonna... the match itself was awesome. These guys fucking killed it in this match, Edge and Orton both. Um, now, a lot of social media complaining about uh, people not, you know, people... Bitching about Goldberg, but okay with the fact that Edge is, uh, you know, still here and won the Rumble and no one's complaining about that. First, I'm going to read a quick tweet uh, from Ali, Mustafa Ali. Uh, He says, and I quote, I'd like to be the first to welcome back all the senior citizens that will surely take away opportunities from hungry, hardworking individuals on this glorious road to hashtag WrestleMania. What a dick. (laughs) <laughs> you dick you dick <laughs> yeah I mean it is what it is he's not wrong but this also isn't new like you can't keep you know that this is what they do you know this is what they're going to continue to do you can't keep signing with them or re-signing with them and then being surprised when they do bullshit like this this is the same fucking thing that Punk was complaining about fucking nigh on a decade ago almost yeah, I, you're right. It is. It is. But this is what their formula is. We know they bring back some legends around this time. They always do. And Edge isn't just here to he wants to work a full schedule and be back with the company. So that's great. Now, again, I heard a lot of bitching about, oh, you're bitching about Goldberg, but you're not bitching about Edge. What the fuck is wrong with you? Um, Nothing's wrong with me, but matches like this should be the argument for that. Mm-hmm. Goldberg couldn't do what Edge did in that match. Goldberg could not go out and have the match that El- that that Edge had on Monday night. Could he? Yes. Can, can you tell me this amazing Goldberg match that we all fucking were clamoring for, the five-star Goldberg match? Can you can, 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 go ahead, That's the exact thing, is like, okay, <laughs> 
they basically they have him make his him be Goldberg. They have Goldberg do short promos because he's not good at talking for long periods of time. Right. He has quick matches because he's not good at wrestling for long periods of time. Uh-huh. So if he can't talk and he can't wrestle, what's the point of having him out there? Like Edge can cut these like pretty sizable promos like he did about why he wanted to enter the Royal Rumble and how he was going to win and promo that he cut on this week's show too. Right. And he can wrestle like he did more moves in about two or three minutes than Goldberg has done in his entire tenure with the WWE. Like yeah. It just it is what it is. Edge can wrestle. Edge can talk. Yeah, and Edge has done way more than I believe Goldberg. Goldberg had a streak when he could barely fucking wrestle. That's all he had. It was a script. I mean, it's fucking. It was scripted. Come on. He's not not like he really was out there destroying guys. You know. It, it, but please, just the, Goldberg couldn't do in his prime what Edge did Monday night. Just just stop. Like, please stop. Stop with the fucking, you make fun of this one, you got to make fun. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just, just, just stop. Stop. Um, in my opinion, these two guys made up for that, uh, that mania match with this match. Um, <laughs> sure. And the, the a long match went, what, two, two, two commercial hmm. breaks? I think two or three. I think two. Two? Well, two commercial wrong. breaks. Might have been three, but I think two. About 20 minutes. Um, now I get up and I pause my DVR for a minute and I'm like, oh shit, you know, the match is still going. And I'm like, there's only one minute left in this match. What mm-hmm. the fuck is going on? What's going to happen? What am I going to have to go dig up? Nothing. I turn my DVR back on. Alexa's just sitting on the top rope, staring at Orton mm-hmm. and then drools blood out of her mouth. That's right. Edge spears Orton and Edge wins. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and the show just cuts off right there on my DVR. But much better show than the past few weeks. Um, very strange ending with Alexa there. Uh, I didn't know The Fiend had all these superpowers to control people and lights. and all. He's got a lot of superpowers, man. I have a theory. Maybe like... The blood was very questionable-looking blood, but maybe it wasn't blood. Maybe it was motor oil. Maybe Alexa Bliss is a robot. Ah. To what end? I don't know. But like, or maybe you know, maybe or maybe it's not even the real Alexa Bliss. Maybe this is like a Alexa Bliss robot. She's That's f- why it can like just change so often. She's a fembot. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. She's going to seduce, I guess, Drew McIntyre, I guess, would be like the sort of Scottish person, the the Austin Powers surrogate. <laughs> and then I guess you have like Riddle throwing a foot flap at <laughs> Alexa, get in my belly. Uh, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're Although Austin to- Powers was British, so, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Fat bastard wasn't anyway. Um, yeah, that's right. You, well, you mean you're not going to have like fucking Pete Dunn out there? You don't want to put him in that role. So we'll, we'll just stick with Drew. Okay. All right. We'll go with Drew. We'll go with Drew. Um, that works. That works. But uh, you know, speaking of Alexa Bliss, let's go ahead and jump into this real quick. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if this is the same stalker or a new stalker for Alexa Bliss, but Alexa Bliss has a stalker. And she blocks them all the time and 
if this is a real picture of the guy, this isn't like a young dude that should that 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 doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. This is a dude that should know better. Um, and I guess she's telling the guy, like, look, you don't know me. Stop doing this. And he goes, uh, and I do know you better than you think. Like you're allergic to strawberries. You love to sing and dance. You love video games and you love coffee pastries. Your mom's name is Angela Kaufman. Your dad's name is Bob Kaufman. I know these things because I do love you. Okay. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I don't know how much you can find on the internet, but I'm sure some of that is probably on Wiki. Some of it, you may be a stalker. Um, and she comes back with, I mean, I'm assuming with a little bit of fear, she was typing this, Sir, once again, for the millionth time, you do not know me. I do not know you. We have never spoken and we have never met. Stop making multiple accounts every time I block you and stop harassing my fiancé. I really don't know how many more times I can say this. Please move on. Now, a while back, we mentioned a guy that was threatening to kill her fiancé. I don't know if this is the same guy. Could be. But, man, why? It's like between mid last year and this, are are we just going to, are we just getting creepier as fans or? Is social media just making people way too accessible? Seriously, is it making some of these celebrities too accessible to fans? I mean, that's an interesting question. Mm. To be honest, I really didn't, I I haven't really had proper time to kind of mull that over. It definitely, definitely does make celebrities a lot more accessible to fans than it normally would. So I feel like I don't think that fans have gotten creepier because, I mean, you think about it, you look back like, you know, there was a guy that killed John Lennon. Like, there's right. always been these fucking crazy whacked out fans that are just super obsessive, you know, that want to take things to a level that it just shouldn't ever be. Right. But, uh, you know, so, so people are always going to be crazy like that. And just for me, like, the thing is, like, why would you think this would work? <laughs> Where it's like, oh, I, I, I fucking, I beheaded your fiance. Now we can finally be together. And she's like, oh, my heart melts. That you would, you know, fucking commit manslaughter for me. That just, I would, I never had anybody kill in my name before. That makes me feel like such a woman. Like, I, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck do you think is gonna happen with all this shit? And just like the whole idea of like, you, these people have to stop watching these fucking stupid like rom-coms where the just like the person never quits and they eventually just wear the female down and she just eventually agrees to go out with them or whatever the fuck it is uh, like that, that shit doesn't happen in real life in real life your ass gets slapped with that restraining order daddy i don't know maybe it's like goodfellas most women would have turned around the second their boyfriend brought him a gun but me turned me on <laughs> I don't recall that working out for her particularly well either, though, if I'm remembering the person. Right. She's still alive. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Fair they, enough. they got I mean, he's not, but they got caught up in some shit. But yeah, I mean, it was all right. It was all right. It was all right. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I, it's just really like I said, I mean, being accessible to your fans is good to a degree. Uh it just it is what it is like yeah but it, well sorry to cut you off. i mean here's my thing what if this guy's like a private investigator mm. and he's a creep 
Yeah. But but he can look up every nook and cranny of your life. Seriously, what if? I mean, there's things like that that are. You don't know who someone is. You don't. I mean, just because they put a job on the uh, on the social media doesn't doesn't mean that's really where they work right. or what they do. It's just accessibility is good to a point, and it's just. I really think at at certain times it's just too much. Uh, and she's blocking the guy and he just makes up another account sure and i mean you know you said like maybe he's like a it could be like potentially could be a private investigator or whatever like even outside of that he could just be your run-of-the-mill hacker too like you can get confidential information and shit you know you could do that i mean you could be a fucking a, a repo man and be able to get the same information so Hmm. So are you, are you suggesting that Barry Darsal is stalking here too? Could oh no 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 I'm not going to put that on Barry. I ain't putting that shit on Barry. I may not have liked Demolition, but I wouldn't put that shit on anybody. <laughs> I, I want to. See, I would like to see him back so bad. I don't know. But, I'm not Demolition. No, not no. I, I'm, I'm. I am unapologetically a Repo Man fan. Oh, that's right. You're a Repo Man guy. Right. Like yeah, yeah. The gimmick is dumb, but he committed. He committed harder than most people commit to good gimmicks nowadays. Yeah, very true, very true. So, but yeah, um, fans, don't be creepy. Don't tell uh, wrestling girls that you love them. Um, I don't. They they don't love you. <laughs> um, even even if they say it, they don't. They don't really. Like just just, uh, just, just give them subscribe to their OnlyFans. Yeah, go to their you know Amazon wish list, buy them shit. They'll be happy, but they 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 you're, you're, it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. Just screenshot just. the heart emoji that they send you, and that that that's your lot in life. That's gonna have to be good enough. Yeah, yeah. Just 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 stop. So anyway, let's get to a little more of a little little, little better news on the um. But I'm just going to kind of get a little more Royal Rumble done, and then we'll move on to AEW. But might as well tie a little more news into this. Uh, we all know Kane, Glenn Jacobs, was in the Royal Rumble, and he actually donated whatever he made from the appearance to the Knoxville Scholarship Fund. Mm -hmm. So it's in uh, somewhere in his county. It is a scholarship fund, which um, I believe is for a uh, a school um, actually here, it's uh, at the event, uh, Bianca Belair actually went to the same school and it is a scholarship for someone that, uh, that goes to that, that is going to be going to that school. So pretty cool. He donated money to that. Not bad at all. Good guy, Kane, Mayor Kane. That's right. Old good guy, Kane, helping out the kids. There you go. And, uh, I think we've got a couple more things and then we can move on to, uh, uh, uh what do I call that? Uh, AEW. Um, Smart, you got those uh, kind of production notes from the Royal Rumble there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Royal Rumble, they, they kind of put out the uh, people that were responsible for various matches. Um, I'm going to say real quick here, I'm not, I, I won't read all of them, but the men's Royal Rumble match was produced by Shane McMahon, Jason Jordan, and Jamie Noble, among others. Uh -huh. It's interesting. Shane's got his hand in it. Uh -huh. uh, the women's Rumble was produced by Adam Pierce, TJ Wilson, and Pat Buck, among others. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chris Abyss Park produced the WWE Championship match, but the most interesting, uh -huh. in my opinion... Which I just now seeing, I, I actually just 
posted this to bring up the men's and women's rumble, <laughs> but the uh, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, the last man standing match that was that we said kind of ran on for a little bit too long, but was a good match. It was produced by none other than get ready for it, Michael P.S. Hayes. Oh yeah, Bad Street Atlanta, GA. Yeah. yeah, get get out your fucking Jack Daniels, lather yourself in Old Spice, and go on and meet Rosa Mendez at the Applebee's. We should have known when we saw handcuffs. It was him. <laughs> Michael Hayes. <said>, <laughs> You get handcuffed, right? Uh, yeah, we should have uh, we should have known that. But um, yeah, that's an interesting. And also, the interesting one is um, with the women's rumble match is also T.J. Wilson, Tyson Kidd. Yeah, Who also was responsible for uh, Sasha Banks and Carmella. They're saying yes, yeah. So he's working with the ladies. Good for him, man. Doing something at least out there. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure his wife loves that. I mean, she knows he's not going to touch any of them, so he's he's, sure. he's trustworthy. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he doesn't touch her, so she needn't fear. I I don't know the specifics of this. I just saw that there was a it was like a a, a the headline of a YouTube video, but he was apparently he did like an interview with Chris Van Vliet, and uh, he was saying that he wanted to be a surprise entrance to the Royal Rumble, but Vince told him no. Ah. Uh. So I don't know the specifics of that, but yeah, apparently he, he did want to try to make a little bit of a surprise return, but I guess the medical issues being what they are still, I guess, not, no, that was a no-go. Not a no-go. All right, well, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I liked him when he was out there, so we'll see what happens with him, but um, I don't know if he'll ever be back in the ring. That was a, dude, he basically got decapitated internally, Tyson Kidd. Yeah, that was after that. The, uh, I believe it was after that muscle buster. By yes. Samoa Joe. Yeah, from Joe. So I'm sure he loves uh, being back around Joe. Um, I feel bad, though, because that's like, that's like really, I, I haven't heard that many instances, if any, of that move being like unsafe or hurting anybody when Joe does it, at least. No, I just, I mean, I, look, free things happen, obviously, but mm -hmm. uh, there, I, I don't know. Um, Liked What's him. his name? Uh, fucking Yoshitatsu got his neck broken doing from the Styles Clash. Like AJ almost never yeah. hurts anybody with that. That's right. Well, he he tucked his head, which you're not supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I totally remember that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, we look. We've talked many times about how things can go bad in the ring, and you know, it's just it, it happened. And uh, I'm glad he's up and still walking. I mean, that's a move usually people die from. Mm -hmm. Or not a move, but a uh, an injury. People usually die from uh, instantly. You can die from that. So, <clears throat> um, anyway, move on to one more little. Uh, well, I guess we can do two, and then we'll move on. Um, we'll go ahead and knock this one out real quick. Lars Sullivan, Dylan mm -hmm. Mikey, real name, is now gone. PW Insider learned that uh, he was quietly released last month. Uh, WWE officially confirmed to PW Insider that uh, he is no longer with the company. Um, this is not surprising to me. No. At all. He had a chance to get a push, and I guess they said he had sort of an anxiety issue. Again, I'm telling you, you know Vince saw that as a weakness. 
Well, according to old Meltzer, oh, Vince still wanted to push him, but like one of the the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was him no showing TV. Mm. That'll do it. Yep. That'll do it. Yeah, because I hadn't read this article yet. This is one you sent. Um, yeah. So, but again, doesn't surprise me. He had that, and then the gimmick he was doing was come on. It was kind of ridiculous. I, I I never liked it. So. This is not surprising. And let's face it, the guy, every time he went to go out there, uh, what, what, what was the website that just kept putting shit out about him? Oh, yeah, I don't recall. But, yeah, I remember that, that they, they had unearthed a lot of posts that he made on a, on a message board for, like, the bodybuilding message board. Posts and a... Porn, male porn video he did, a few things they unearthed. And uh, it was every time right before they kept saying he was coming out, he was coming out, They would something would come out about this guy. Something mm-hmm. would come out. I felt, and I mean, oh. even recently we talked about, I believe we talked about, that he uh, got outed because he kept like hitting on this woman who told him that he was she was married. Uh-huh. And he still kept going because he was like this personal trainer yogi maybe i think i don't i don't remember exactly what it was that she did but i do remember that he had was like put in contact with her for like a legitimate reason and then he just used that opportunity to keep fucking harassing her so it's just it was one thing after the other with him he put himself in a weird position anyway yeah you know and it just it kept getting worse yeah yeah it just wasn't it just wasn't in the cards. It just seems like every time he... And that was ringside news. Jesus Christ, what an assholes over there. Um, so that's what Sasha Baron Corbin's saying. It's ringside news. So I don't know, man. Just wasn't in the cards for this guy. Not... Ever, I, what are you going to do? And, I mean, the fact that they quietly let him go really lets you, let you know a little bit. But um, I don't know. I really don't have anything else on that. Not a surprise to me one bit. Not one bit. So uh, I guess the last thing we can get into, and then we'll jump into a little AEW, and then we'll finish up some of the news here, Smart, after that. Um, getting the Dominic and, uh, and Ray thing. You got that pulled up there? Uh, it should only take a second. I do have everything listed here. But yes, so apparently in the month of December, Dominic and Ray Mysterio both had COVID. This is from Wrestling Inc., of course. Uh, WWE SmackDown superstars Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio missed some TV time in December because they both tested positive for COVID-19. The Mysterios appeared on the Start Today podcast this week with... Okay, I'm not going to keep putting them over. Ray said his parents both caught it, caught the coronavirus and then passed it on to his housekeeper who then passed it on to his wife. Ray spent time with his wife before flying to do SmackDown. The whole family and the housekeeper ended up dealing with the virus except for Ray's daughter, Aaliyah. She's, she's patient zero at all. Was, well, she was uh, obviously with uh, Buddy Murphy. so That's right. Maybe she's staying with him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, that explains why the storyline sort of took a quick pause and no one understood why. Mm-hmm. Because it did. It just stopped for a couple of weeks and we were all like, hey, what, what kind of happened to that? So, um, right. it actually it was, was a combination of things too. Cause at, at that time, you know, Becky gave birth and shit too, right yeah. around there. So Seth kind of wanted to be gone anyway. So it was like, all right, well, they got COVID. You got a kid. Fucking peace out. 
Yeah, I guess it all just made sense, and it was just I all timed correct. I mean, and Ray says he got it on his forty sixth birthday, December eleventh. Ah, it's awful the day to test positive. Yeah, that, that's gotta suck. Yeah, I'm sure it did, but uh, obviously they're both fine. We've seen them back, uh, both back in the ring since, and um, good. Looks like uh, everybody's back, done, yeah. virus dealt with. So good for them. And uh, all right. But Dirk like saying I said, the Mixler chat over here, Dirk is saying, where's Buddy Murphy? Well, Murphy, there's no more Buddy anymore. You got to get it right. You got to follow their marketing terms. He, apparently, his last match on TV was December 4th. So he's been, uh, you know, hanging and banging and catering, apparently. He's got the JTG role now, just huh? <laughs> trying to avoid that phone call. Well, Seth is back now, so let's see what happened. Yeah. What happens? Give it. I'd, I'd give it a couple of weeks. Maybe Seth will bring him back, another disciple, or maybe they'll continue the feud between those two again. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Let's give it a uh, benefit of the doubt. Give it a little time. Give it a little time. Anyway, uh, want to get an AEW Beach Bash? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because this was a, another. Damn good show for uh, AEW, especially hell of an ending, if you, if uh, if I must say so. Um, Jungle Boy comes on out with a uh, a hornless Luchasaurus. Still, he couldn't have got a new mask, I guess. Um, and this, I think I got all the teams. It was Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Inner Circle, all of Inner Circle, uh, as tag teams split up into their three, you know. Collective tag teams. The Acclaimed, Dark Order, Young Bucks, Top Flight. I think that's about it, right? I think The Acclaimed are in there, too, but I could be wrong. I said The Acclaimed after Inner Circle. Oh, I said The Acclaimed. Oh, I said then. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. All good. All good. Want to make sure I got them all. Um, and and I, I got to tell you, it was pretty much a clusterfuck. The only thing I'm 100% sure of is we did get Sammy Hagar once again. Talking about Sammy Hagar. That's right. So we I, th- that's the main thing that I know that I got uh, correct. Um, but the crowd was definitely rooting for Jungle Boy to win that shit. Well, for sure. And I mean, they, they've done a good job of getting him over and making him a, a big part of their show. So yeah. it's understandable. Singing the song to him, trying to get him over, definitely good. But um turned out to be MJF and Jericho that won this uh, match. And... That'll come into play a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. That they won that match, so uh, we will get into that a little more. But definitely a good match, um, and uh, we get a nice video package for Jade Cargill. <laughs> and I feel like "nice" is the uh, key word here. Um, a lot of sweat, a lot of she. She's just a really, really, really hot girl, man. She is sexy as hell, in my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's not bad. I, I dig it. I dig it. Wow. Amazing. But uh, good video package basically showing her working out and her strength. And obviously, she's a very strong woman. We see her body. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely a strong woman. So looking to see more of her. Um, we'll get into the little thing, obviously, what we uh, you know, were saying last week. Get happen. We'll we'll get in the whole thing with Shaq in a little while here. Um, now Shivoni brings out Darby Allen after all that, Smart. 
And then mm-hmm. Sting, and they're trying to talk about their street fight. And Taz doesn't even let him get a word out. Um, and they're bitching how they're not allowed in the arena. But if they were, they would kick their ass. And then they just say, well, we're going to be there next week for Darby's match with Joey. So they put over Joey, you know, Joey Janela, the, the match with Darby next week. And Sting says, yeah, I'll be there too to keep it one-on-one. Uh, did I miss anything? No, I think that about covers it. Uh, it, it. I don't know. Like, I have no real concrete evidence or anything to point to that gives me this sort of feeling other than just I got the feeling from it. Does it seem like they're like maybe setting up Sting to turn on him? I don't think they're going to do that right now. I think that might be down the road. But what I th- uh, what's annoying? It seemed like Sting talked the entire promo. It didn't really even seem like Darby got much saying edgewise. I don't think he I, that that's probably not a bad thing. But I mean, it's it's just Darby's gotten like more boring since he got was with Sting. I thought it would be a the reverse of that. I thought it would be better. But I don't know. This might also be the fact that they're working. I mean. These two teams are so, I know sometimes they have to be opposite to, you know, really make good, but it's like you got Team Taz who are like these fancy, almost like a, almost like a kind of evolution type team. You know, they're all dressed nice and this and that, except for Hook. He's in a hoodie, Hook in the hoodie, hoodie Hook. Um, And then you got these two face painted weirdos who it's just, the dynamics is just really odd in this match, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking way too deep into it. I don't know. Maybe the CBD is kicking in. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, fair enough. I can see what you're getting at there. You're not wrong about the Sting thing, though. And I think the thing about it is, is that what Darby did, I don't think you can do what Sting with him. Because, like, Darby was getting himself over by doing these sort of, like, kind of weird, abstract, black and white promos where, like, he just randomly set something on fire or shoot like a bow and arrow at a fucking picture of somebody's face or whatever the hell. And and now you just have him like hanging out in a warehouse with Sting and they're just like breaking glass windows and say, like, oh, oh gosh, no, never well, that. Breaking glass windows, that sound like you're hitting fucking wax paper. Um, yeah, but <laughs> that's true. They definitely, this, this, this storyline either needs to end and they need to move on to some other tag team they can, or do something um but i don't know i I think the street fight is going to be cinematic i believe that's really what sting has said that's what he came to aew to do so probably going to be a nice cinematic match we'll see what happens with that but something needs to give on this thing Uh, either i don't know i i I don't know something's got to give here though (laughs) the dynamic is just too weird so, I don't know. Maybe it's just not meshing. Maybe that's kind of what I'm trying to say. It's, it's just not meshing. It's not connecting. It's just odd. Well, and like, the feud is almost like Taz versus Sting, <laughs> which we're not getting. We're not going to get that match. No. But that's kind of like how the feud's been building. Mm. Is you get, like, Taz talking shit about Sting, and you have Sting thwarting Taz's guys, and, just, you know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is, and we're you know never going to get that. It's not going to happen. Taz can't come back. So, right. But I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, Taz can. I, I mean, he, I'm sure Taz will get involved in this little street fight one way or the other. He's hitting him with a pipe or something like that. One way or the other. But um, anyway, I'll quit complaining about that. Britt Baker with Rebel, and this is uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. 
Rosa just comes in and dumps Rebel outside the ring and just goes after Britt Baker. But this was a, this was a, a good match. These two have really good chemistry together. Uh, Britt Baker did end up winning, but uh, I like the chemistry with these two. Definitely. I, I thought it was probably one of, if not her best match, Britt Baker, since being in AEW. Um, you know, and they, they built the match. I don't know if I want to say they built the match really well, but I mean, they, they had a build to it for sure. Um, I think the payoff was good. Like you said, they got good chemistry. There's, I like the little kind of move that they did with uh, Rosa was like being like kind of split in half with the, the, the ring post. Yeah. Where instead of doing her legs, it was like she had one arm on either side and like uh, Britt Baker was like wrenching on it. So that was pretty cool. I like that part. But yeah, it was it was a pretty, pretty good match. It was it kind of went back and forth, you know, so it was, I liked it for sure. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was definitely a good match. Like, like you said, I thought it was one of the better women's matches they've had in a while on that show. Um, and that's good. Now, I do want to again, we always say the, you know, full disclosure on this show. Right about this time, my wife was starting to come out of everything, getting hungry and stuff. So if I missed anything, I apologize. My notes are a little, I'm not going to say sloppy, but they're a little light because I was in and out. And if I pause it too long, I'm going to make, I don't, I don't want to make you guys wait 30 minutes for me to finish the show. So, you know. Yeah, you don't want to be starting the show and having the. You don't want to be starting our show and having the show on in the background. No, no, that would, no, no, I don't want to do that. So I can't. My TV's in the other room. Um, <laughs> I literally can't do that. Uh, so anyway, again, if I miss anything, I'm sorry, but I was really just trying to get my wife uh, situated. And for the last match, especially, I was just trying to because I knew I was going to be in here for a little while. Um, well, I but, don't know what you have in your nose, but I will say I'm just like hitting it on the DVR here. Uh, right after that, there was a promo between Matt Hardy and uh, Adam Page. Correct. Tony Schiavone. And basically, Matt Har- Page objected to the idea of like teaming up and being associated with Hardy. But then, ultimately, they ended up be- agreeing to be a tag team anyway. So, <laughs> right. you-, you got what you got. Exactly. We got a- Adam Page and Matt Hardy versus Chaos Theory, which is uh, Luther and Serpentico. Um, and this basically was telling about the same story that Cedric and Shelton Benjamin are telling with Hardy tagging himself in to get the win. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You're not really missing anything. If you know, you're watching a Luther match. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's not worth going back for if you didn't see it. Yeah. 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 I, I, again, I, I saw most of that part. Um, now, I did pause it to write down some of this stuff here, and I didn't get the matches or anything, which I wonder if we can look up those uh, that bracket with the uh, AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Um, this is going international. This is going to be between um, here and Japan. I don't know if they're going to be air- how they're going to be airing the matches. Are they going to be airing them, or did they say that, or it's a little up in the air still? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure, honestly, just to be fair. I, I did see that they were, you know, they put out that little vignette announcing the people that are going to be involved. I was pretty surprised. Aja Kong, one of the names announced. Yeah, one of the first names announced. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, let me see. Oh, they do. Uh, Wrestling Inc., of course, has the names announced as of three hours ago. So let me pull those up here. 
real quick. Let me see. 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 Um, let's see. We've got on the Japanese side. It was Aja Kong. Oh shit. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki, who we've seen. Um, Veni, I don't think, or uh, uh, Vini, I don't know how to say that. If I butcher their name, I apologize. We have, don't think we've seen her. Uh, Emi Sakura, we've seen. Uh, Rio. Rio Miz, Mizunami. I don't know. Have we seen that? I don't think we've seen that. Uh, her. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar to me either. Uh, Mesa Ruga. Rin Kodokora. And Maki Ito. God, I'm horrible at saying those names. I apologize if I offended anybody. <laughs> and on the United States side, here we go. We got Serena D. We got Riho, Britt Baker, Tay Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. And uh, like I said, I'm not 100% sure how it's going to be, if they're going to be putting these shows on YouTube from Japan or what they're going to do. But um, first round is going to be Serena D versus Riho, it looks like. Hmm, versus, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Serena D versus Rio. I think I think the way that you should have done this was just like purposely mispronounce the women in the U.S. bracket too, so that way it just looks even. We've we've got a Th- Thundir R- Rusa. I don't know. All these fucking names are hard, man. Yeah, I was listening to you read that and I was like, shit, better you than me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I butchered one or two. Um, what are you gonna do? Oh yeah, I mean I don't blame you. It's hard. Um, it should be interesting though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was curious to see if they were gonna use any like the impact women, and apparently not. But no, I gotta say Aja Kong, that's pretty cool. I mean, she's probably pretty getting getting up there in age, but fuck it, I, I still want to see her. Yeah, uh, Dirk Sheets is saying Riho is in the U.S. bracket. Yeah, it is. It looks like what they're going to do is they're going to do the U.S. bracket, and then they're going to do the Japan bracket, and then the final two of those brackets are going to face off eventually. So there we go. That's what it looks like they're going to do. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes from here, but we'll keep you updated on that shit right there. Um, And this is where we said the uh, MJF and Jericho win is going to kind of come into play here. Um, MJF and Jericho, they're coming in to celebrate. Uh, Jericho's got a little bit of the bubbly in a, in a, in a cooler, a foam cooler, I believe it looked like. Uh, Sammy's not happy and actually ends up basically saying, you know, why do we have to always be the sacrifice or the collateral damage, he said, I believe. Nah. And he ended up walking out, and Jericho went after him. And MJF, once again, wants to have a conversation with everybody left in the room i think we all know where this is going right sure yeah this is all going towards uh mjf trying to make a takeover of this group so mm-hmm. making chris jericho the farouk of the uh inner circle Oof. maybe might be throw that maybe the uh who was it uh batista they dropped yeah of evolution mm-hmm. see another evolution rep man Killing evolution references tonight. There you go, yeah. Mm. All right, getting a little sip of seltzer water there. <laughs> You've rewarded yourself with a sip of seltzer. A little sip of lemon-lime seltzer. Mm. I already finished the CBD one, so. I'm just too fucking tired to even drink, man. It's been a long day, like I said. I haven't eaten either. Damn, I feel for you. I, I can relate I you had know, you know it's been a long day if you're not even willing to drink. I had uh, I had some uh, like snack food 
all day today. I had some beef jerky, a little bag of that. I had a mm-hmm. had a granola bar, had a bag of peanuts, and um, basically I had vending machine food from the hospital. <laughs> so it was down in Fort Worth, and I didn't. I it, I did not want to lose my parking spot because I got the last parking spot in the fucking parking lot. I wasn't moving, so I didn't want to go get food anywhere. Um, and the cafeteria was closed. COVID. Hmm. COVID. It's uh, only, yeah, I see. only open for the employees. Um, which is, I, I, I get it. They got to eat. And I'd, I'd rather them eat than, I mean, I can get shit in the vending machine. I'd rather them actually get food in their stomach. So that's fine. Anyway, we get the, kick, the Kip and Penelope wedding, Smart. Yeah. With Miro as the best man and uh, Charles the butler out there. Um now, the wedding itself went pretty much exactly how we thought, except we had the sinister minister, James Mitchell, down there as the wedding official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is one of those people who, like, I feel like he's a little bit underrated in terms of the whole grand scheme of things. Like, there's, unfortunately, there's just a lot of really good managers, but, like, it just seems like he never really quite got the credit that he deserved. You know, because he was in ECW, he obviously didn't make the transition when they went to WWE, FE, however you want to look at it. Right. He's kind of went back and forth being in Impact, TNA, whatever. He's still, I think he's still in Impact, but uh, yeah, here he is. I, I always like seeing him. I always think he's a good character. He's definitely committed to the gimmick, and he, he does a good job with it. Yeah, definitely. Made his own with the... Uh... Of, of doing the wedding official thing of the uh, of the whole vows and stuff. I really thought it was pretty good the way it went over. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't like, the segment itself good. No, not really. <laughs> um, fun. I guess you could say it was a little bit of a fun segment. Uh, wow, Dirk Sheets hated the wedding segment. Uh, sorry about that, man. But. Uh, Basically, I'll tell you the truth. I like this part where Miro's been in the middle of making a toast. He sees the big present in the ring, and he, atta- he tackles it, obviously thinking it was Orange Cassidy. Um, but the crowd singing What is Love out of nowhere was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, and right, and before we know it, we got Miro, and he's shackled to the bottom turnbuckle. Yes. Accidentally pushes Penelope into the cake. Kip tries to clothesline Miro. Miro just looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing, bitch? Mm-hmm. And Orange Cassidy pops out of the cake. Not ever what you want to see with popping out of a cake. And uh, they end up taking those two out. And uh, Chuck celebrates by eating cake and drinking champagne. That a boy, yeah. Because Miro had originally taken his champagne. Yep. Chucky is free. He's freed. That is right. Like I mean, I I know that this was kind of used to feed into or to continue to build the feud, I guess, between Miro and Cassidy. Yeah, but like, really, kind of anticlimactic. They they have been building at this for quite a while, and it just seemed like I don't I don't know what I was expecting, but it just felt like it was underwhelming a little bit. I guess. Well, listen, um, it was a wedding segment, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's always shenanigans during a wedding segment. Yeah. So we know we knew. I, I'll t- tell you the truth. I was surprised the wedding actually went through. Well, apparently, I mean, I don't know. Take it for it with a grain of salt, but uh, Sabian was saying that they were for real getting married. So it was supposed to be like a genuine, sincere thing. 
wow, I wonder if, I mean, James Mitchell could be, dude, you know what it takes to do that? Officiating? Not a lot. No, I understand. no, not at all. I mean, dude, my, one of my best friends from Florida was, came to Texas to officiate my wedding. Mm. I didn't have a, you know, priest or a rabbi or anything, nothing. It was just, it was her. I brought her up to do it. So it's not hard to do. And uh, I was glad she did it. She does it for all kinds of people, friends, everything. She does all kinds of stuff. Um, so pretty cool, but, uh, yeah, it's not hard. So maybe he is, maybe that was real. If it is awesome. That's probably why they actually let the wedding go through because it was, it was real. Could have been, could have been, um, after that though, like I said, the wedding segment went about how I figured it would. And I think we pretty much all expected it to go that way. I'm not going to sit here and harp on it and insult your intelligence. We get Shaq. And Jade Cargill, it is going to be a match versus Cody and uh, Red Velvet. We knew we said this last week's mark. Um, now Shaq announced this on his uh, on the show, and he showed us what his finishing move looks like, Smart. Yeah, I had seen that. The Black Tornado, it's called, and it looked just like the Judas Effect from. Like, <laughs> was he working with Jericho on this one? <laughs> Oh my God! Are we going to be seeing a Shaq lion salt? Oh Jesus! I would love to see that. <laughs> oh oh my God! I'd love to see that. But um, yeah, it, that's basically what it looked like. But uh, definitely, definitely interested to see what this match is going to turn into, how this is going to go, and real interested, interested to see uh, Jade Cargill in the ring. Yes, real interested to see. So. Uh, I don't know. What's the name of that? It was, that? was that Inside the NBA? Is that the name of it? Yeah, that's the show that he's on. Okay. I wasn't 100% sure. I didn't want to want to make sure before I... Well, I had already said it, so who cares? Okay, so... <laughs> all right, from there we get... Um, did, actually, hold on. Did, no, no, no. Did, uh, did I see this right? Did they move the date of the match? Because it seemed like they had announced that for uh, March 3rd. March 3rd. Doing, March 3rd is, the, which is that. Originally, it was going to be on the pay-per-view. Unless the pay-per-view is March 3rd, am I just not... No, I don't think Revolution is March 3rd. Mar- uh, no, March 3rd is a Wednesday. So, yeah, that's just going to be a regular... Probably a good idea not to put it on pay-per-view. It might not be a bad idea to start out like this. I could be uh, wrong, but what I, what I was seeing potentially was that um, they, they're going to be doing the NBA All-Star game. That's going to be on a Sunday. I don't. I, I guess it was going to be on that Sunday. It, it normally isn't like that late in the March... But uh, no, really, it's in February. But the the schedule with the COVID and everything. But so I guess that they had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. So I guess that might be why they moved that. I had heard them kind of speculating what was going to go on on the Observer today. So I guess that was their solution. All right. Well, that's. Not, I think it's probably better to do it on a dynamite. You're going to get better. You, 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 those are going to be ratings with Shaq over there. You'll get some ratings with that shit. Especially with I mean, Jade, Jade Cargill's first match, and it'll be good. I mean, I mean, Cody, Cody, come on, smart Cody, God of wrestling, Cody. Yeah. All right. So you know, don't easy, pal. Easy. The old God of wrestling. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I will say that I'm already. We were talking about the the participants for the uh, women's tournament. I, I had just seen somebody posted or I had stumbled across a tweet from Miss Ito on this. 
And she has already run me over because the tweet announcing that she has entered into the tournament, it just says, quote, hello, motherfuckers. Like, all right, well, there you go. That's how you make an introduction. <laughs> I like that. That is how you get your name across. That's it. Uh, I, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. I like that right there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, and Antox is saying the NBA game is on March 7th, and uh, that's it. There you go. We're done with all that. Eddie Kingston. That's what I had heard. Oh, yeah. That's what I had heard. Yeah. I mean, I was just saying, I, I had heard that. I was just, full disclosure, I ended up taking a nap before Dynamite, so the, I, I had meant to check that to see that I, it was correct, but I just never really got around to it. Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't get food, because I took a nap, too. Uh, so, and I gotta, I mean, I gotta be up for the foreseeable future to get my kid to school every morning now. So shit. Yep. 630 every morning Uh, for at least six weeks, probably. Yeah, I know my, my older one could take a bus, but my younger one, there's no bus stop out here. So anyway, uh, Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer lumberjack match. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, that was a hell of a dive by Archer out of that <laughs> ring, man. It's just amazing to see a guy that big just dive over the fucking top ropes, man. It's great. Yeah, he, he's he's really impressive for a guy his size. And he's he, I'm not usually a very big fan of, like, the hosses, barring a couple of exceptions, but he's, he's always been somebody who I've always kind of enjoyed watching wrestle. He's, he's always had some pretty good matches. And this was, this was one of them. He's, he's a very like versatile person. Obviously he can do the dives. He can do the normal type of strongman stuff that the bigger guys tend to do. So he like, yeah. he's definitely versatile. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely he is. I've, I've always liked the guy. I even liked him back in WWE as uh Vance Archer, like, like them back then. So always thought the guy had, had a, uh, had talent and, Definitely, definitely uh, thought he was good. Now, another funny part in that match, though, was when Jake laid out Angelico. Mm-hmm. And, well, he laid out Angelico, and then he laid out himself. Yes. I think he swung a little too too uh, too hard on that right. punch. He looked like a, a batter trying to hit a home run and missing. Uh, just <laughs> pretty much. whiffed it, but uh, that looked pretty good. And then at one point in the match, uh, I believe the blade set up a table in the corner mm-hmm. and i swear to god i thought rhino ran into the ring i thought it was rhino this guy's name is bear bronson is that what i heard him say uh yeah from bear country okay i had not seen bear country before are they a dark act yeah, they've had a couple of matches on Dark. I know them. I haven't really watched Dark. They were in uh, Beyond, so they were Beyond Wrestling uh. Tag Team. It's basically like sort of a more serious version of uh, like Heavy Machinery, I would say. Okay. Because you got these two big guys, but they can they can do they do more than just your average big guy thing. They can they again talking about versatility. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of from them, but I've seen them wrestle a couple of matches. They wrestled uh, Santana and Ortiz and beyond, and they had a really good match there. All right. Well, I'll tell you, dude, that guy, for a big guy, that guy came in there with some steam running at that fucking table, man. He put fucking, he put Blade through that motherfucker in the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. def, big guys. I want to see more of them like that. I like those big guys usually. 
<clears throat> I like the little spot that they had with uh, Allie where she she's acting all badass. She jumps on Archer's back and he like kind of catches her and she just starts screaming the top of her lungs. Well, he puts her up for the uh, basically the razor's edge, I believe is basically what his move is. But I mean, yeah. dude, that guy is what six foot three, six foot four, plus lifting her up. Oh my god, that's a that's a if you're afraid of heights, that would scare the shit out of you. Oh, for sure. I think he's like six six, maybe. Oh my we'll god! Go ahead and hit up the Wikipedia real quick. But yeah, he's he's a big dude. All right, so add like three th- three plus feet. <laughs> so she was like ten nine nine feet in the air, almost ten feet in the air. I'd be a little scared too. Uh, <laughs> so right, yeah, so build height six eight. Oh, and I feel like I feel like the, the the matrix that we always do. Anytime you hear the word the build height, I always say to take off like an inch or two. Mm. Because I always feel like they always add about two inches. So we'll go at 6'6". Six, six. But yeah, build height 6'8". Yeah, it's fine. Still, that's a good ways to be up there with a guy stretching you all the way out on his arms. Um, don't blame her. But uh, again, this was another match. You got a lot going on with the uh, all the guys down there. You got the Lumberjacks doing stuff. You got these two guys. And Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer were not looking to go out there and have a five-star match. They were out there trying to kill each other in this match. Uh Fucking loved it though. Great match with Ar- with uh, Archer picking up the win. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we only got a couple more things on this. After that, we get FTR backstage and they're bitching because they can't get a title shot. Basically, is what they're doing. I honestly didn't hear a lot. I did hear they were bitching, and then I look up again and they've got. Uh, looks like they've uh, they've kidnapped my, kidnapped Marco Stunt. <laughs> Marco Stunt's been kidnapped by FTR and Tully. This is how you're going to get a title shot by uh, kidnapping? Yeah, I mean, I question the legalities, but it's an interesting strategy. But Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are not the... They don't have the titles, do they? No. You're right. This is a good point. So why are they holding... So is Marco Stunt just being held for... Okay, I'm... Help me here. I mean... Maybe they're going to sell his workings. <laughs> Tuck says baby face move, in my opinion. <laughs> not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah, kidnapping. Kid, yeah, kidnapping. Kidnapping is always a baby face move. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so am, am, I, am I missing something? Antox says my brain has short-circuited. That wouldn't surprise me today. I really been awake a very long time so it could it could be but just don't just not probably not the best way to get a title shot is to do kidnapping and um you know just 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 not the way it's gonna go (laughs) well i mean i don't know have we seen a lot of kidnapping angles in wrestling maybe this is the right way to go about it yeah, okay. Well, Antox understands why they did it. I still don't see the point. I, I get it, so they can be number one contenders, but kidnapping, just, I don't like the angle of kidnapping. I just think it's stupid. <laughs> You're not a fan of people being abducted. No, no, just not. I mean, you know, they basically just kidnapped a kid. They kidnapped a child, basically, is what they did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's fine. We'll see. We'll see if this works for him. Um, I'm hoping uh, cops are called and the FBI is brought in. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. 
<laughs> they get arrested. They do some time. FTR comes back with face tattoos. <laughs> Lonely teardrops. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what we had to do to survive in there, man. Uh, anyway, that'd be that. That would be funny. Uh, anyway, we get the uh, the main event here: Omega and the Good Brothers versus Moxley, Pack, and Ray Phoenix. Um, now, again, I watched the match, but I was kind of getting making the wife food. I didn't get to take a lot of notes, um, but I did see the end. Yes, I did see. Um, Gallows get the win for the team. I saw Archer run in and take out Gallows. And right when Moxley starts, you know, getting up to do something to Omega, he gets attacked from behind. The guy's in a hoodie, has a mask on. It's fucking Kenta. Right. It is fucking Kenta. I got it. I was like, holy shit. Go ahead. Old uh, Hideo Itami himself uh-huh. back in the flesh. Um, all right, so I, I, ha- I got a bit bad hiccup thing going on here. I'm trying to fix that. But I guess Friday, we, when we were on the air Friday, they had the uh, New Japan Strong Show. Right. Um, Moxley ended up getting involved there. And uh, Kenta has he has a briefcase for that gives him like kind of it's almost like their version of the money in the bank that gives him the right to challenge for the uh, U.S. title that John Moxley has the New Japan U.S. title. So this is their whole little synergy with that as you have Kenta coming in and taking out Moxley, I guess. So and they announced that they're going to be doing a match uh, for the New Japan title in uh, the New Beginning in the U.S. I'm trying to find the exact date on that. I forget when it is. It's this month. I believe it's the 26th. I'm not sure, though. Ah. But uh, so they're going to be having a match there. And then you have Kenta coming in. So it's interesting for a couple, any number of reasons because he is a New Japan guy. So this is like kind of the beginning. Yeah, 26. I was right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of the beginning of potentially maybe they have a working relationship. Maybe that whole forbidden door, as it were, is being kicked open. It's kind of interesting. Maybe that whole forbidden door is bullshit. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I mean, you never know. Like we talked about before, they did end up having a change in uh, management over there in New Japan. So maybe this is the doing of the new guy that they brought in. Or like you said, maybe it was always bullshit. Who knows? But it seems like things are starting to kind of become healthy between them. And maybe this will lead to something more in the future. Yeah, definitely. And I hope it does. That's uh, this. This was pretty cool to see Kent's committee, even though I know that there was I now know there was something behind it. But still great to see him coming over and doing this. And and him, I will right. say that there was also that, you know, when Moxley was attacked by this mystery assailant, they never really said who it was. And they might just be dropping that, but could potentially have been Kenta. You're right. It could have been. It could have been. But uh, quick go to sleep by Kenta. Drops Moxley. And that's the end of the show, basically. We uh, Unless you wanted to watch uh, the uh, Megalodon movie. <laughs> the Meg. That'll be like the... Uh, we're going to end up doing a whole entire different episode about that now. About we'll the Meg. Hollywood egg out. Yeah, let's do an episode on the Meg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, I have no idea what the fuck that's even about. It's about a giant shark. 
Mm. You don't know what a megalodon is? I'm surprisingly uh, unversed in these kind of things. But you say it's a movie about a giant shark. and This is interesting. A I think you got some potential there. Yeah. Why hadn't anybody thought about that before? Um, well, I don't, know. I'm not, I don't know if you know, but there was a movie called Jaws. Yeah, don't say. Okay. <laughs> it's old. I know I am, too. But yeah, yeah, there were, there were three of them. Um, there was also Sharknado. Um, but now we have uh, the Meg, which is a, a Megalodon is a supposedly, there's not many, if, I don't know if there's any left at all, but they're giant, giant sharks. Um, to, when my kid was, when my oldest was young, uh, but just going to school, he would go to the library and those are the books he would check out were sh- books on sharks and the ocean. And so I learned shit. Without meaning to learn shit, I learned shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people that like sharks. So the whole Shark Week thing. A lot of people pop a boner for that one. It's it's just never really been my thing. I'm more of like a little bit more interested in the sort of animals from like the cold weather climates. It's so like the polar bears and the penguins and all this shit. Uh, yeah, he's gonna. Uh, yeah, uh, I get it. I get it. Wolverines. Oh, wolf. oh, look at you. Uh, yeah. Wolves and coyotes. and We actually have coyotes here. We have coyotes here, actually. See, and I, I like watching those because it's, like, it, it's interesting how they kind of survive in the winter climates and stuff like that. But the, the only problem with like watching the kind of nature documentaries and shit about animals from cold weather climates, Antarctica and whatnot, is like every one of them ends the same way where it's like, it's becoming harder and harder for these creatures to survive. And it's fucking your fault. Goddamn global warming. You motherfuckers with your cars. And I'm like, all right, we got to do this every time. Like every time I have, it has to end with you guilt tripping me that I'm going to end up killing all these animals because I drink from a plastic straw. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. You are. Anyway, just deal with it. And Bohica, sir. There you um, go. Well, I mean, I'm not even trying. I don't want to get super political or anything. I'm not even trying to deny that global warming is a thing. It's definitely a thing as far as I'm concerned. But, like, man, every fucking nature documentary is like, it. you're killing the animals and it's all your fault. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want from me. I can't afford a hybrid um, car or shit like that. So I'm doing what I got to do. I can't um, afford a Matchbox car right now. This is fucking <laughs> doing the best I can. Fucking Animal Planet, get off my back. My car passes emissions. That's that. That's a plus right there. I mean, I gotta do a little work to it to do that. But anyway, um, actually, that just reminded me that my I've got to get my register my registration done, so I have to get my inspection done this month. Anyway, um, right. all right, Smart. We've got uh, we've only got three things left, and uh, there are three you sent. Indeed, we got a, a couple other things here. Yeah, you pick whichever one, and I'll pop it up as you're going through it. Um, well, real quick, uh, one is not a super big deal, so I'll just go ahead and bring that up right now. Um, this one we were here. You kind of mentioned Kane raising some money for the kids mm-hmm. in Nash or Knoxville. My bad there. Um. Anyways, it announced since 2017, this is a tweet from Sami Zayn, since 2017, 
Sami Zayn has raised $250,000 for the kids in Syria for his Sami for Syria initiative. So that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, there's not too much to talk about there, but it's just you know him doing some nice things well, for the kids over there. Now, he used to do this during the Saudi shows. Mm-hmm. While those were going on, he would be taking donations from people during the shows. And I think he, I believe he let him, let him go longer. But this is when he started doing these was during those Saudi shows, I believe. Um, and he was kind of doing it in protest of the Saudi shows. Right. In a way, because, I mean, he's not even allowed there. Yeah. Because of his faith. So, or, his, yeah, so kind of sucks, but. Good to see he, you know, he's out there doing something, and um, it looks like he was retweeting someone who he's got T-shirts out there, and they're donating it to that too. Mm-hmm. His old uh, El Generico T-shirt. Uh, looks like Dan Housen AD is the one who's putting those out. So go get it. He's almost raised three thousand, and I guess he's still doing it. This was only as of uh, February second yesterday. He put this tweet out. So he's telling people to still go over and get that T-shirt. Right. Let me see. Where uh, He didn't have a link there. Yeah, I posted uh, the link for the Twitter. There you go. That's perfect. That's fine. Right there. So, yeah, keep going. He's, uh, he's definitely trying to raise some more money for that, and that's a damn good thing right there. Damn yeah. good thing right there. I mean, Syria's getting bombed all the time and crazy shit going on out that way, so pretty awesome he's out there trying to raise some money to help the the children over there but um all right what else if you got nothing else whatever man we got two left yeah i got two things here one's kind of sad a little bit sad so i'll I'll get to that one first and then i'll get to another thing to kind of wind things down here but uh guerrero we're going to talk about that we'll talk about her for a minute she had uh she was talking about the life and legacy of her family. Uh, I guess she, she had done a podcast. Uh, she was talking about, I'm going to go ahead and read this is from Wrestling Inc. And I'm going to jump forward a little bit. It says, Eddie Guerrero passed away in November 2005, but his legacy still ripples throughout the entire pro wrestling industry. 15 years later, in the immediate months after Eddie's passing, his name and likeness was used in numerous storylines, while some honored his memory, like Rey Mysterio entering the Royal Rumble on a lowrider. And, and going on to win the match in tribute to his late friend, some felt... Other angles, like Randy Orton saying Eddie was in hell, disrespected his legacy. Yeah. <laughs> Shaw opened up about how she felt at the time, saying she didn't pay much attention to what WWE was doing. Quote, I'm going to be very honest. I was so shut out and so numb that after my dad had passed, I wasn't watching WWE, Shaw said. It's still painful to watch for multiple reasons. It's not the show I watch on the regular, if you will. And honestly, I was just trying to handle being the girl whose famous dad died. At school, I was just trying to handle my own shit, to be honest. Even if the Guerreros wanted the WWE to stop using Eddie's likeness on TV in the months and years after he passed, Shaw said they couldn't legally make them. Quote, I think we have to be really careful with how we use people's names and their likeness, especially after they're gone. Dad, his real name was used. Eddie Guerrero is his legit name, Charles said. And WWE to this day still own the rights to his name. So we don't have a say in anything. Quote, yeah, so make sure if you're a young wrestler and you're going to sign a contract, make sure you own the rights to your name. That's just some good advice. 
any lawyer will tell you that. Make sure you own the rights to a character you come up with or your own likeness. Uh, yeah. Um, I would say that is good advice. We've seen a lot of people trademark their own names. Many. I mean, I believe uh, Keith Lee was trying to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I believe the last one we talked about. A lot of guys do this. And it's not a bad thing to fucking do. There's not a bad thing at all. Um, It does suck a little bit that they own all of that. Um, I mean, they own Vicky's Excuse Me. They own pretty much everything of Eddie Guerrero's. They basically own, they pretty much own mostly the, I mean, the Guerrero name. Vicky can use it because it's her real name, but um, it, it, it does suck that WWE basically just owns this. And they can use the name any way they want. And they have like she, you know, she made examples right there. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's creepy. Like it's just creepy to me. Like I, I get the point of like wanting to own it when he's with the company and when he, you know, he's under your employee, but like after he passes away, still like wanting to keep the name and own the name and use the name for t-shirts and DPDs and all this, you know, if they decide that they want to do a fucking Eddie Guerrero Memorial cup, they could do that, you know, whatever they could just do whatever they want to do with him and it's just, it's got to be so it's so creepy and like I got I can only imagine how it feels when you actually are related to him and you know that's your dad or that's your husband Vicky's case and they can just you know if they want to do another fucking movie like they did with the Scooby Doo movie they could put fucking Eddie Guerrero just hanging out with Scooby Doo solving mysteries it's yeah. just, it's fucking weird it's just absolutely weird. yeah they could they could do anything they want now if I'm if, if they did some sort of you know, tournament in his memory I think that would be fine with with you know, the Guerrero family, but you know, they're not going to do anything like that. Right. They're not just by the way he died. They're not going to do anything at all like that. Um, so I don't know. It, it just sucks. And I think that is great advice. You just gave own your name before you go there. Definitely. You own your name, own your character, own everything you can that they can't control. That Then they can't control you as much as they control most of the guys out there. So, you know, that was, and I would think right around that time when Eddie was going is when they were really starting to really own everything about those guys. Yeah. That's right around that time. So, they, you know, I'm sure he just, you know, did what he had to do, signed his contract and got his money and didn't know it was going to end up like this, obviously. Sure. Absolutely. It's a hard thing to think about. And like, and then for the longest time, and that had just kind of been a normal thing. Was, you know, you go somewhere and you get a character over and they keep it, you know, they, they, you know, that's why, or I can't say that's exactly why, but that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, you had Nash and Hall come out with using their own names in WCW, you know, Diesel persona, the Razor Ramon persona that was owned by them. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's obviously, it's a bit different when it's like your character versus your actual real name, but that had just kind of always been the way things were. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but yeah, uh, it is what it is. And but again, giving advice to people like that, I can see a lot more people coming in owning their gimmick, owning their name. Uh, AJ Styles must have owned his name when he came in. He came in with the same name, same gimmick, same moves, everything. So I don't know. I think a lot of uh, not a not a not bad advice from that girl, <laughs> and she learned the hard way, I'd assume. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, man, I'm good on that. If you are, um, I don't know why you thought this was such a happy topic to be talking about, but let's do it. 
<laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 the next one that we're going to get into is just better than the fact that they are going to be able to use this dead person's likeness to make the money. It, it's not, the right. story isn't as depressing. It's I'll not so it's necessarily a feel good story. But um, we've been talking about last week or so the, the statement that The Undertaker made about people being soft nowadays in the company and how he doesn't watch the product regularly because of it. And there's been sort of a big backlash amongst some of the younger wrestling talent and people kind of taking digs and shots at him or whatever, you know, it's been a little bit controversial. Well, somebody who is in favor or has some positive things about the new generation, these damn millennial wrestlers mm-hmm. is, is none other than old stone cold himself. So this is again from Wrestling Inc. It says, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin was a guest on ESPN First Take Tuesday, which is actually kind of interesting after what we were talking about before with the whole NBC deal and them becoming persona non grata. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, it was a, he was a guest on First Take Tuesday to promote the new season of Straight Up Steve Austin and to preview Sunday's Super Bowl. During the show, Stephen A. Smith brought up the fact that professional wrestling had changed drastically since the 1980s and 1990s. When asked to comment about the state of pro wrestling in 2021, Austin said that the product is more athletic but different to the bygone era. Quote, your your spot in saying that today is a different era. Oh, I th- they did not type this properly. It's, no. They typed your spot in saying, right. your spot on in yeah. saying that today is a different era, said Austin. I'm like Ron Burgundy. I read whatever's on the teleprompter. <laughs> For, <laughs> quote, it's a more athletic product. The guys and girls are better athletes than we were. Growing up, I was a big fan of promotions such as NWA, Mid-South, and WCCW as well. And during the Attitude Era, we really pushed the envelope creatively. I just think the business was a lot more protected back then, and it was a grittier product, which is what I thrive on. Austin went on to praise today's WWE superstars for performing through the pandemic. Quote, that said, all due respect to the men and women of the WWE for working through the pandemic and without crowds when you watch the football games, even with even with even 25% capacity of crowds, those fans really affect your performance. Quote, this is especially true in professional wrestling because that's how you get your feedback and your decision-making process. I miss the crowds, but yes, it's a different product today. As noted, Raw Superstar Randy Orton tweeted at Austin Tuesday asking the Rattlesnake to interview him on his broken skull sessions on the network. Yeah, he and did. He- yeah, he did, so... Um, I, all right. I see what he's doing here. He's trying not to say anything bad, obviously. Stone Cold doesn't want to do that. Um, I get it. He, he's, he's got a point though. The guys back then weren't as athletic because they were all fucked up and drinking the night before and probably just not as athletic and you're right they are probably now because they're not out doing that a couple of the guys i'm sure are out you know drinking and having fun but i'm most of the guys aren't they're backstage drinking water playing video games and keeping out of fucking trouble sure so yeah they are more athletic and you know they don't all have to be big guys anymore from the days when stone cold was in there they don't all have to be giants anymore You've got your, you know, your Daniel Bryans. You've got your AJ Styles. You've got your, you know, pack, ton of guys you could mention that are just not those big, huge guys that we were used to seeing back in those days. 
Right. Yeah, and even the big guys, you know, like you were saying, the, the, it was the land of the giants there when he was there, and even the big guys that they had, like at the time, and this is coming from Chris Jericho, like <clears throat> I had heard him do a podcast on uh, the guy who was the fake Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he was a big guy, and he could do all this shit. He could do like these, you know, moon salts and hurricane runners and all this, that, and the third. At the time, <clears throat> it was frowned upon for big guys in the WWE at least or WWF at the time to do those kind of moves because it was like you basically you weren't a real big man if you did that essentially you know and like even you think about it in the like late 90s you had you know Kane and all that and like him doing a flying clothesline off the top rope or something right you know it's it's not like how it is now where you have Keith Lee doing like fucking standing moonsaults like you know it's just it's a different game now you have, and like you were saying, that there's a different body type. You don't always have to be a big guy. You don't have to be a giant, a big hoss to make it there anymore. And, and now that the kind of standards are different now, you're getting these different body types and you're getting these different kind of athletes and things are more athletic, as he put it. And I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's a different product now. And it's anytime, you know, anytime you move on with the kind of, you, you get a new decade in, like things in the 80s are going to be different from things in the 90s. Things now are different from, you know, how they were back then. It's just, it is what it is. It, everything progresses, everything changes and involves. That's what you've got right now. It's a different product. You know, back in the day, I think he, he was kind of agreeing with Taker a little bit. He said back in the day it was grittier, mm-hmm. which, yeah, fair enough. Definitely. But, you know, and that worked for its time. And now we're in a different time and different things have to be tried out. Definitely. You're right. And they are doing that. And yeah, and you're right. It was a grittier product. It was. It was the Attitude Era. It was much grittier back then. And hell, we thrived on it too. Stone Cold. We did too. We're, we're, I think we're all slowly learning to deal with this new era, which, I mean, let's face it, the product right now is just not great. They had a good show Monday, but those are getting you know, further and further, uh, further between good shows. Right. So I don't know, but yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, we, we thrived on that, the, on that grittier product. Also, that was what made it great is that it was gritty. It was damn it. No pun intended. It was raw. So yeah, I can, can't disagree with that part of it at all. And, And I mean, that always goes back to what we always talk about is like, I, I agree that it just it was it isn't now what it once was, but like at the same time, a lot of that has to do with creative. A lot of that has to do with the stories they're telling. Right. You know, there there's just a lot there. There's there's kind of a lack of continuity. There's a lot of people on the roster that are just there to just be there. They're, they make people look to be like on, there's only like a handful of people. Like we were talking about, we were talking about the Royal Rumble. You brought it up was that the hard thing about predicting who was going to win the Royal Rumble was that they weren't really pushing anybody to win the Royal Rumble. Like they weren't making people look out to be these, you know, viable competitors or viable contenders. Right. Right. And that's part of the problem. Why things are the way they are right now. Well, it turns out they did that because edge was going to win and they didn't need to push anybody. Mm -hmm. So I guess we should have seen that coming. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) but, uh, all right, man. I'm. Uh, I think we got through everything. I think so. Yeah. Quickly, very quickly. 
Um, and again, I know my AEW notes were a little scattered and scatterbrained, but that's uh, it's just been one of those days. Um, but luckily, wife's uh, hopefully sleeping. She's either sleeping or I'll find out in a few minutes here. But uh, that's pretty much it. I guess we can wrap this up. Right on. Let's do it. All right. Let's go ahead and get this done. Wrap this motherfucker up. Uh, here, let's go ahead and do this, you guys. We always start out with the high marks. Check out those guys right there. You know what? Just go ahead and go to Mixler.com slash Metal Network with two Ts. Hit the follow button. You'll get notified anytime they are on. So go ahead and just do that right there. And uh, there you go for that. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, the Inhuman Experience. Always go ahead and subscribe to that. Get them wherever you find your podcast. You will not be disappointed when you subscribe, I promise. And you've got the Everything Unscripted podcast. They can be found on all the usual podcast platforms and blog talk radio. And I will be there Saturday. I'll remind you again Friday. You know I will. Uh, of course, shout out to Stephen Milan for sharing the show. Much appreciated, sir. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan with two L's. Check him out over there reviewing films. And you can get us on Spreaker. You can get us on Anchor. You can get us on Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, everywhere. You know where to go. Go for it, Yes, sir. Mondays, 8.30 in the Middle Met Podcast Network. Cheese on Sports with the Cheeseman. Cheese Man. Cheese Master. Be sure to check him out as well as Thursdays in the Middle Met Podcast Network. Also, right here again on Mixler. Be sure to check out the Murder City Machine Guns. And also, last but never, never, never least, be sure to visit our friends at the Planet on tour i had my breath this time the planet rag on tour podcast with bobby anthem papa dave sincere and yuck nasty be sure to check out all 16 of their episodes be sure to be subscribed so that when episodes come out you will not miss a single solitary second because you shouldn't and you never should there you go can't say it any better than that on that note friday night Adios. Drunk for the asshole. Look here. Sit a spell. Drink some more. Time for the band.